What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off The Mats Podcast. This episode, I welcome back my good friend, Zach, who operates StudentTheBJJ.com and StudentTheBJJ on Instagram and also the upcoming app, Champions Keep Score. I'm doing the intro this way because whenever Zach and I tend to get together and record, we don't even go into an intro. We just start talking and chatting it up. So I want to go ahead and drop an intro right now. Let y'all know who's on the episode, who I'm chatting with. But otherwise, thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to the show. All right, we're live. What's going on, man? Man, not a whole lot. Just uh, got home a little bit ago, took the boy to... uh like his third ever soccer practice and nice. uh, yeah, it's fun to watch him run around. Just got home and ready to uh, go off the mats. Good, good. Sounds like a busy day. Good fun day for the kid. Uh, so you definitely understand, appreciate that. Uh, Sophie, sheesh, I brought her to the gym with me a couple of weeks back and the question from everyone, when is she going to start? When is she going to start? And I think my wife wants to put her in dance first and um, dance, some sort of music and swimming. And I'm okay with that. We'll get to jujitsu eventually. And it's hard in the summer. Yeah. It, I'm not, you know, initially I was kind of bummed and I was like, you know what? Maybe it's better right now that, you know, we don't sh- just toss her in there again. Don't want her to get burned out at age five. And, yeah. you know, by the time she's eight, she's like, I hate this. So <laughs> she she's always asking to do jujitsu. So, I, you know, it's not going to be something that I don't I don't think she's going to ever not want to do it. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. So. But and I think Sarah wants to put her in soccer as well. So I don't know. There's all these activities she wants to put her in. Jiu-Jitsu's not in the top five. And I'm like, wow, we talked about this. But, yeah, so champions keep score. Everything's yeah, dude. Uh, set with that. It's it's fully funded. I, I, hadn't, I think last time I talked to you, um, the, the Kickstarter had just started maybe. Yeah. So, so uh, now here we are several weeks later fully funded dude congrats on that that's awesome man it was a it was a lot of help you know you and and everyone else were huge huge part of of making that dream happen so i I can't thank you enough no no no, definitely um i was getting nervous because i worry about when i post stuff i don't get a lot of views on my stories and i was posting it to the stories when i posted to the regular feed it was doing well, but the stories, I started getting really nervous because it's like, dude, I, I'm, am I oversaturating? Am I just, um, am I spamming people now? So I'm glad that everything worked out. I'm glad that the community came together. That, Man, I'm telling you. That's huge because I know we, we talk about the community a lot and many people hear us discuss the community, but you know, I don't want people to think like, oh, we're just talking about the community and, you know, it's not 
real at all. It's, you know, the community is not really there for us. And it showed big time that this jujitsu community cares, you know? Sure. So I'm glad that this all worked out and I'm excited about it. I can't wait to start seeing everything roll out the beta. I know, man. <laughs> this is. I'm stoked. So uh, right now with everything, um, as it as it stands, like how soon or you know how far away do you think things are? You know, from not like a full launch, but just kind of samples and things like that. Yeah. So uh, you know, as you know, I've been working on on the plan of everything forever. So uh, this app, even what we sort of advertised um, that it is, that the features go way beyond that. You know, long term goals here. Um, but each phase of the operation is in and of itself sort of a standalone feature, standalone app. Um, so I was talking to my, my development team yesterday. I've got a front-end developer and a back-end developer working on this. And um, for the journal aspect, so not the video markup or whatever, but like just the journal, which is a standalone um, feature that I'm super excited about, uh, could be, you know, alpha testing in six weeks or so, um, which would be me and maybe just a couple of people just checking for raw functionality. Um, alpha testing and beta testing can be pretty close to each other. So it could be beta testing within potentially, you know, like eight weeks. Uh, that's, well, there's a lot of work to be done between now and then. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, I would love to be beta testing uh, in eight weeks. And then depending on how that goes, um, you know, 12 weeks or so to start rolling that out to a wider audience. And at that point, we can start alpha testing or beta testing those next set of features. So the video markup and everything else. So, um, you know, once once my team gets a good cadence, I think the features are going to come really good. And I've been working really hard on the uh, the fundamental concepts of the app, you know, making sure that the flow makes sense and doing a lot of the mock-ups and everything myself you know here's the features that we need and it's going to make it a lot easier for the front-end developer and the back-end developer to just pick up what i started with and, and run um so we'll see how fast they can get it up and running but uh you know like i said i'm i'm so excited and you mentioned the community even if it hadn't funded um i was already blown away by the community response i mean there ended up being 178 backers to fund this app um, and if you if you cut out you know friends and family that don't do jujitsu, there's probably about 160. And for that many people to pledge a project that they had never seen and they never really talked to me about, just taking my word for it that it's going to be awesome, and a few like super rough mock-ups, uh, that's incredible. You know, that's there's that's nothing but community. I don't think there's many uh, niches out there that could do what we did. Um, with the resources that we had. So I consider it already a huge win. You know, the Instagram account for the app has over 600 followers. Um, and that's 600 potential users, you know, for when it rolls out. Because people wouldn't follow the Instagram account if they weren't, you know, intending on using the app. Absolutely. Um, so it was, it was a huge, even if I didn't get a single dollar from it, it just that response alone was enough to, to tell me like, yeah, I'm, I'm onto something here. And there's definitely like real value and, and the dream is alive and well. So, um, you know, the, the money's a nice part of it, but that wasn't really the whole point of the Kickstarter. One of the things that I notice also with it is the excitement. 
anytime I posted it and you know, it, it could be, you know, the same few people seeing it, but then you get a couple new ones trickle in and then they comment, you know, they, you know, say this looks awesome. This is a great ideal, things like that, that those are the things I enjoy seeing because that means to me, you know, just like, okay, people are in, you know, if, if people are saying this looks like a good ideal, you know, you don't just say it's a good ideal and then shrug it off. At least I don't. If I think something's a good ideal, you know, I want to know more. I want to, yeah. you know, I want to sign up for it because, you know, you're invested in it. Um, you know, there were a couple, I think there are two people on, and it all was on one post that uh, I, I think it was the initial post where your the features were kind of breaking down. You're talking about sparring time and people were, it, 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 this is one thing now, this is just kind of a people thing that I notice. It's like people are like 15 minutes for sparring. Like, you know, we spar for this long and that is like, you don't realize that other gyms exist. You don't yeah. understand that other gyms do things differently because even right now, just looking around at gyms in my area, I'm not leaving my gym, but I'm just trying to look for other spots you know kind of hop in and get some extra uh jail yeah. time i'm just cross pollination is the best thing you can do for your jujitsu that's yes there's no doubt about that um but i'm looking at everyone's schedule and most of the classes are you know an hour you know you got your technique your warm-ups and everything and then it looks like everybody's doing about 15 20 minutes of sparring at the end so it's like okay all these guys that are making all this noise about, well, you know, that's not enough sparring time. It's like, well, look, I'm seeing tons of gyms out here doing about that much time. And, you know, Maryland's not a huge, you know, Maryland's not California. California's a whole different beast when it comes to jujitsu. But, you know, the Maryland schools, you know, they put out some, you know, kick-ass grapplers as well. And, you know, you can knock what you want about our sparring time, but, it works, but yeah. th that was the one thing. And I, I take things personal when I saw them <laughs> kind of. It, it ruffled my feathers a little bit too, but. Um... Yeah. Um, it, it, I've been doing a lot better about not responding to stuff like that on social media lately, yeah. especially because once upon a time ago, I would tell people to meet me up at Arundel Mills Mall out here in Anne Arundel County. It was like, I give them the address to the mall, like meet me there. And I'm like, dude, you could get murdered. What are you doing? <laughs> like, stop doing that. So now when I see, you know, a comment I don't like, I don't even acknowledge it. I don't like it. I don't, it's yeah. someone, I've, I've started exploring TikTok because it's grossly addictive. With, yeah. But I had someone make a, a not so friendly comment about one of the posts. And I think I did respond to him. I gave him a smiley face. It's like, I see you, bitch. Yeah. Like, don't think I don't. But either way, um, you know, with everything going on with Champions Keep Score, th this is huge. I'm excited. I can't wait. And, you know, just as a friend, I'm super proud of you. And just, you know, you know, I, I get sometimes misty eyed, but I think I'm super emotional. Like, <laughs> 
I was watching old WWE the other night and started crying. So, um, it, <laughs> Dude, it some of that weird. stuff was real though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it was, uh, it was hard not to get wrapped up in it, and get in, get involved. I, I got, you know, I'm, I'm talking like uh, mid, like early '90s before the Attitude Era kind of started. Right when Shawn Michaels threw Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. Yeah. Um, and I'm a Shawn Michaels fan, but I, I got emotional i was like yo what are you doing <laughs> don't break the rockers up no um but you know i you know just looking at this and just watching the the project grow i do get missy eye because it's just thinking like dude this is inspirational number one i mean you had a dream you had a goal and you're pushing um forward with it and doing it and that's just you know every day i sit there and i think it's like man like like this is what hard work gets you and dude congrats on it and just like i can't say enough good things so thank you man i appreciate that and and it's weird you know life i've had this philosophy for a while and when i first kind of when it popped into my head i I kind of told myself you know you're kind of full of shit about this but uh, i just maintained it and it has proven itself time and time again uh to be just good advice for myself, but, um, you know, if you, if you make the best of every situation that comes your way, then in the end, it'll work out for the best. And, you know, every little decision that comes up, you're not always going to have like the perfect decision, but if you just make the best of it, if, if you have the confidence that no matter what comes up, make the best of it, then at some point down the line, man, it pays off. And, and that's kind of what this was, you know, it's, there's a lot of fear of failure. Um, like, I, I don't think I would have done this project eight years ago because I would have been too afraid to leave things behind and everything. But I've kind of proven the concept to myself that, man, if you just like, if the problems arise and you make the best of it, then then things are going to work out for the best in the end. You may have some really tough times in between, but one day you'll wake up and go, oh my God, I can't imagine what this would have been like otherwise. You know, I, I, I think back to... Uh, you know, when I started jujitsu and, and I was the low man on the totem pole for so long. And, you know, I, there are times where I, you know, I love the sport, but wanted to quit. And I remember as a blue belt and I had, I don't know if you remember, but I had the long hair, the man bun and everything. And I, I remember there was one class where I was in um, training with somebody and uh, they had me in side control and their elbow was on my hair and it was pulling my hair and I was just mad and inside control. So I was frustrated. And I remember after the round ended, you know, I, I gave them the respect they deserve. But walking away, I was like, why am I even doing the sport, man? Like, this is, I've peaked, like, I, I'm, I'm not getting any better. Like, this is, this is awful. You know, why do I put myself through this? And then, you know, it was around that time that I, I started student BJJ. And it was, you know, I'm struggling. Maybe I can help someone else. Maybe I can make the best of my own struggles. And then, you know, here we are, I, I guess it's been about four years now. And things are just, I can't believe what where I am now, considering when I almost quit, you know, four years ago. And I think that's the important thing too, is looking at those moments where you almost quit, you know, and then, you know, it becomes a question of, you know, what would have happened had I done that? Where would I be? What, you know, would you be any happier? Would, you know, I, I can't imagine I, I guess being biased and being in this, I can't imagine quitting jujitsu and being happier. Yeah. Right. Um, again, I'm biased because I'm 
pretty damn happy doing jujitsu. And I try to convey that to everyone that I know that doesn't train, you know, and it's, it's always weird to explain. It's like, yeah, you know, my knee hurts a lot. I can barely <laughs> walk, but dude, I love it so much. But that goes with when I used to work out and play basketball and play football and I'd be sore all the time, but it was earned. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't just, I'm sore because I've been sitting around. I'm sore because I'm just getting back to it. I'm sore because I'm out there busting my ass. And that's the thing with jujitsu and just having a desire to do anything in, in life. It's just, as you move forward and you say, look, I almost quit here. And yeah. that's part of it too, is, you know, when you're doing it so much and, and you're pushing so hard and you just can't get over that hump. And then you're just like, oh, okay. There's that moment, that time that it clicks, whether it be jujitsu, whether it be developing an app, whether yeah. it be, you know, just doing housework, you know, like, you know, maintenance. So, you know, we just got to keep pushing. That's it. You know, when I was, uh, Coming up in college, I was in a fraternity, and which, by the way, if you'd asked me in high school if I was going to be a you know fraternity guy, I'd have laughed and said no way. But you know, I'd, same thing kind of happened as jujitsu. I found a group of people that I that I really respected first, and you know, I, I felt like they could help me be a better man, and that I could help them do some pretty amazing things. And um, one of the one of the mottos, um, which I may butcher the Greek now because it's been probably a decade since I've even thought about it, but there's something like clay patakla or something is uh there were two translations of it the uh and that, this is open open model i'm not giving away trade secrets or anything but um it, it meant not without labor um and the other translation which i actually preferred um is is beautiful things are difficult and that's something that i just carried along with me you know like is it hard yeah it is but you know what that's where true beauty comes from it's from it's from doing doing the thing that's hard that no one else wants to do and being a better version of yourself because of it. And uh, you know that I guess that hit me during some formative years or something because I've carried it along with me and I don't shy away from you know things that are difficult like jujitsu. You know the pain, the the strife, the the doubt that comes from just getting like your ass kicked on a daily basis. And you know what I'm I'm a happier more balanced person because of it you know so i have my buddy that i'm working on our other podcasts and i try to slip in conversations about jujitsu every chance i get because it's not a jujitsu podcast but i i try my damnedest to turn into one <laughs> but when he and i talk about jujitsu you know, there are a lot of points that he'll make that I get where he's coming from, but I try to point out to him that you can't understand specifically the, you know, where we're coming from until you're out there on the mat and understand where we're coming from. Yeah. It, it's just hardship in, you know, trying to overcome and just be a better you. That's what comes from jujitsu. Yeah, there's another uh, another phrase from those same days that our um, alumni advisor said that also struck home, and it was, you know, when you when you're on the inside, you can't explain it, and when you're on the outside, you can't understand it. 
And that's what jujitsu is, you know, somebody on the outside, they, they can't understand why we do this, why we're sore, why we risk blowing our knees out or, you know, whatever. And, and I can't really give them a great answer other than like, I'm so much happier, even with the risks and <laughs> come try it out, you know? Yeah. It's, I remember talking to my grandfather and he said it to me kind of jokingly, but I was dead serious when he goes, do you think I could do it? And my grandfather, he's, um, he's just elderly. He's, he's got a sharp mind. He actually just stopped running just recently because of his back. Yeah. He still gets to the basement. Still gets on the elliptical. He's still working out. And man, that's incredible. That's the key. Yeah. It's like both my grandparents, my grandma's 91 and, it's crazy just, you know, seeing them be so active and just living life. They go to concerts, you know, they go to the yeah. Washington Mystics games, they go to the Orioles games. And it's just so crazy thinking like, you know, these two, you know, they're living their life. And, you know, it's, I, I joked about it uh, last week with my buddy. We are talking about getting old and <laughs> just what's life going to be like for us you know, when we're in our eighties, when we're in our nineties and, you know, I was like, well, if it's up to me, I'm still going to be doing jujitsu, you know, as best I can, whether it be, maybe I won't be on the mat, you know, physically, maybe, you know, I'm helping walk people through it, you know, just, yeah, I'm going to be involved with jujitsu until the day I die. I'm not, you know, this sport can't get rid of me. (laughs) <laughs> but it's just, you know, my grandfather asked me if he, you know, if I thought he could do it. And I told him with a straight face, I was like, yeah, like going out to the gym, you'll work with me and I'll take care of you. I'll make sure, yeah. you know, you're going to, you know, be safe. And, you know, he looked at me and smirked. and was like, no, nah, I'm just joking. I was like, no, nah, I'm not like, come on out. You can do this. I believe in you. So, you know, like I said, a couple episodes back, look, I don't think jujitsu is for everyone. But I think everyone should try it. Yeah, you know, it, it's just you. you know, in that way, you know, hey, this isn't for me. Um, yeah, what, I mean, what's the risk? Uh, I guess there are risks, but like, why not try it? You know, it could change your life. Yeah, I mean, you do the, the do the week trial, the one week trial, and one yeah, week. That's that's all we're asking is you know for a couple hours of your week, and if you like it, cool keep coming back if and there you are don't, so many stories about people that you know they just wanted something else you know they came in they picked up you know the the dad weight 20 30 50 pounds whatever or the mom weight or um and then they you know they start training a little bit they kind of like it a little bit they go two days a week and then their kids get older and they maybe working a third day a week before you know it man there, there's like stories that you just can't believe it's you know the on the left side they're wearing some pants on the right side, those pants are six times bigger than their waist is. And it just, you know, it's such a great workout. It's such a great mental health boost. And you don't have to start off and be world champion. You you can come casually and work it in and it will still change your life. That's where I am kind of right now, mentally just kind of getting back into it. And now I feel like I am back. But then I had to kind of take a detour and ask myself, you know, what are you here for? Are you here to 
compete? Are you here to just better yourself? Are you here to, you know, keep yourself mentally sharp? You know, what is it? And, you know, in, in sitting there asking myself those questions, I realized it's like, it for me, it's just, it, you know, it's a lot of things. Mental health is a big part of it. I yeah. go to therapy after jujitsu and it's kind of unfair because <laughs> I'm in a great mood. And, yeah. you know, there, there are weeks where it's like, I want to tell my therapist, you know, I think I'm done. Like I come in here and everything's going great. But then there are weeks where, you know, I'm, I'm un- like last week I was, I had a really bad cold. Um, I was like, just didn't want to even go near the gym. Wanted yeah, got, got a little taste of the Delta variant. Yeah, I, I don't know what was going on. It was because <laughs> I haven't been near anyone. Yeah, that's what's weird about it. But I woke up one morning, my throat was scratchy. And I was like, ah, maybe it's allergies. No big deal. I go to work. You know, I mask up. Still, no, nothing. No big deal. Then that was a Friday. Yeah, I go into work on a Saturday. Start feeling a little worse. Sunday, couldn't even get up out of bed. And then uh, Monday hit, and I felt like I'd been pushed down a flight of stairs. And, and you know, I look at my wife. I was like, "Look, I'm I'm gonna you know stay home from work." And then Tuesday gets there. I I go back in. I feel a little bit better. And she was like, "You're going to the gym." Uh, you're going to train. I was like, but probably not a good idea just because even though you're feeling better, you're still shedding. So I'm not trying to take anything to anyone. Wednesday I took off and I was like, look, you know what? Let's just take the full week recover. But during that time I was going through some real mental, mental health struggles. I was like, okay, this is why I I keep therapy (laughs) because when I can't get to jujitsu, I am a basket case, but but it it's and also there are just challenges there in jujitsu that make me there there are challenges that make me feel like you know I can do this yeah you know if I'm dealing with something at work that's extremely difficult just whether it be with a, a um, tenant that's going through something that's making us go through something. You know, I have to relate it to jujitsu and, you know, without jujitsu, uh, you know, I don't have those comparisons. You you don't have these comparisons in football and basketball as you do same comparisons like you're doing jujitsu. So um, it jujitsu is always there for me. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing like it, man. There is nothing like it to just fix. It doesn't fix anything, honestly. It just it turns down how much you care about it you know if, if there's a problem going on someone's going to yell at you or your own self-doubts or whatever it just turns the volume down on it and it's i haven't found anything that compares to it um so with now kind of being fully back to training for you and then also being immersed in uh developing the app how's that that split between training and you know kind of focusing on just everything how's that split working for you well it's weird it's uh i mean i guess the first thing that i've noticed is how much i want the app to be ready because i 
like I want to take notes. Like I'm learning things. Uh, there was a Jake, Jake McKenzie came to our gym for a couple weeks and he did a seminar. It's the first seminar I've attended in probably like three years, four years. I'm usually not interested in, in seminars, um, depending on who's teaching it or whatever, because I just don't get a lot of value out of it. So it ends up being expensive, but Jake McKenzie, it was incredible. Uh, and I would, I don't care if he comes within 50 miles of here again or hundred miles again, like, yeah, I'm going to another seminar. Um, and the whole time I'm thinking like, why did he come now and not like two months from now? Like I wanted so badly to be able to like take notes and, and do everything like that. So, um, kind of the first big thing I've noticed is how ready I am to have this app functioning because it's like, I want to use it. It's been, it's been kind of tricky. So I haven't worked, uh, like a normal job since December. Uh, so we're going on like six, yeah, almost seven months now. And, you know, it's kind of, I work really hard on it for a while and get to a place where I can't do much more and I have to wait for my team. And then, you know, I kind of wait. And so I'll get wrapped up in other projects or get pulled in. Maybe I'll start watching my son more or something. So my wife can do something. Um, and I'll get out of the habit of having that time to focus. And so I keep oscillating back and forth between like hyper focus and a lack of focus. The whole time I'm making steady progress, but, you know, I don't have that routine. And then there's been some, um, some personal things that have also kept me from getting into that, like really stable routine. So that's like, that's my goal. Um, starting actually probably tomorrow is to, to isolate myself for a certain amount of time every day that I can really focus on, uh, on the app development. I'm making a, a very strong effort to train four to five days a week. Uh, if I miss my, I prefer to train at like lunchtime. I find that's when I'm most able to focus. And then when it's done, I, it doesn't like kill the rest of my day. Like if I do evening classes, it's hard for me to go to sleep that night. I'm so amped up and I'm thinking about it. And I also, I'm not bringing everything to the table because it's at the end of the day. Yeah. So for me, like lunch classes are where it's at. So um, the balancing act for me has been like, how do I balance uh, the fact that I'm here at the house and I'm a team player with the family. So I'm always trying to help them out. How do I like be selfish, get myself away and focus on this app development and train and then not fill up my time? You know, like I could easily spend 40 hours a week or more of my own time. And then uh, I haven't really gained anything. Like the ultimate goal is for me to have uh, the this, this schedule that I choose. You know, I want to be able to train two times a week or I'm sorry, two times a day or, you know, three, whatever it works out to, uh, I want to have that freedom. And I just, I can't have that freedom until I, I knock some things off the list. And how can I, how can I get there without also losing my sanity or, uh, you know, uh, overdrafting the bank account too much. With the balance too, and, you know, trying to, I guess, get yourself, you know, kind of in a, a more stable routine. Um, like you said, with the training midday, lunchtime being uh, preferred, um, how do you feel? Like, I don't, I'm not sure if your uh, academy offers morning classes to like, you know, 6 a.m. classes, stuff like that. How does that uh, work for you um, as an option too? Or, you know, how do you feel about the morning classes? So there have been some Man, it's just weird. Like I, I want to be a morning person. I do. Like I see a huge value in getting up early and getting things done. If I can roll out of bed at five o'clock in the morning, I feel good about my day. But I very rarely 
do that, especially if I don't have something that's like a true deadline. Um, I, I tend to not prefer the 6 a.m. classes because uh, I'm, I'm a coffee drinker. And if I drink coffee right before training, that's bad news bears uh, for some reasons. And if I don't have coffee before I train, then it's just not that effective for me. Um, but there have been like times in my life where that's, that's the time that made the most sense to train and I've done it. And, uh, you know, it, it felt good at the end of it, but I didn't get a lot out of the beginning of it. Once the, once the cobwebs are out, you know, once I'm alert and everything, it's good. Honestly, like I, I would have probably continued to do the early morning classes, except for it's so hard to get a, a good class that you really isolate yourself with the same two or three people. Some gyms may have more, but for me, it's always been like three or four people that are like, they're going to be there every morning. And, and I don't get to really stretch my wings and train with like a lot of different body types and styles. With our new affiliation, well, we've always been affiliated with Crazy 88, but now our gym is a Crazy 88 and it's now kind of a thing where we're all floating between the three gyms working together. I've looked at the schedule over at our Elkridge location, which is about 15 minutes from where I'm, I'm in, I'm in between two locations, 15 minutes in both directions. Um, but one of my, I see they have a Tuesday morning, 6am class. And I've thought about that. I'm always wondering, like, how do people feel about that? Because I'm, I don't know that I'm a morning person. I don't know that I'm not because when I'm up in the morning, you know, I'm rocking and rolling. If you say go to jujitsu at 6am, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's roll. You know, but I'm also up until three in the morning. And that's, I'm, I'm in the same boat there. Yeah. I, you know, no matter what I tell myself, it's like, okay, I'm going to bed. I'm going to be asleep by 11. No questions asked. I look up, it's one thirty. It's like, okay, well, I mean. <laughs> Are we the same person? <laughs> it, it, it's, I don't, I have no idea why this, like, I don't know why I'm this way. I've, like, I've asked my, my therapist, like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, can we fix this? Yeah. And she suggested a billion different things and all of them, you know, make sense. And I've done it all. Um, You know, it's like no electronics an hour before bedtime you know, read, uh, you know, and the problem with me reading before bed is yes, it makes me very tired, but then I get frustrated because I can't focus on the reading because I start yeah. getting into the book. I'm like, yeah, um, there's a, a movie that came out a few years back called um, Black Klansman. And my wife got me the book and it's sitting here next to the bed. I'm like, I want to read this, but I know I'm going to start falling asleep. And I'm going to get pissed because I'm falling asleep <laughs> and I really want to read this book. Yeah. You know, so I turned the movie back on. It was like, look, I'm going to watch the movie and then read the book. You know, try to pair it up and then maybe kind of coast into a, a sleep routine. But with the morning classes, it, it, it always seems like a good idea. And for, you know, a lot of people, you know, they are that early bird gets the worm type individual. They need to get out there. But um, I'm also a coffee drinker, so it's like I don't want to get up at 5.30 knowing I got to be at that gym at 6. And in between all that, I need to, you know, chug down a, a you know, 
thermos of coffee before getting onto the mat. It's just, yeah. and like you said, you're going to run into the same people because the 6 a.m. class isn't something where, you know, you got 15, 20 different people coming in. It's usually probably about five, six, you know, of the same people every, every uh, 6 a.m. And like I said on uh, my last episode, I started memorizing people's patterns. I wasn't really learning jujitsu. I was just learning like how you move, how you breathe, you know, when you, you know, pause and yes, that is part of jujitsu, but not the way I was doing it. Yes. I wasn't really, you know, utilizing jujitsu to win those battles. It was just utilizing time and then just bullying people. I was like, Hey, (laughs) you don't really know any submissions. Do you? Ah, What are those? yeah so position first yeah it's like you know i got i, I got the position and they're like yeah but now you need a submission what's that like, i thought we we're just here to you know you know get they they said you know being heavy is a skill so that's what i'm practicing yeah um, like eating all the pastries <laughs> um so yeah just I, I, i'm always wondering that about people though with uh, the options of training in the morning, just how do how do people feel about it? And I guess it's more so a matter of if you're a morning person or not. I guess, and when I say morning, I mean like psychopath early morning person. Yeah. Not you know um, my one of my best friends in the entire world is uh, one of those annoying morning people, and like he would get up and he would be home making breakfast. He used to be roommates with him. He'd be home making breakfast. Uh, you know, already in like slacks and a button down ready for work. And he's like, yeah, I went to the gym, had a good workout this morning and everything. And I'm like falling down the stairs because I can't even like open my eyes. And you got to be kidding me. Um, but he also had, he's one of those weird people that, you know, gets sleepy and then just goes to bed. Yeah. And that's not me. I, I'm a night owl. Um, it's, I don't know, it's self-destructive in a lot of ways. Um, but I just, my brain is on all the time. Mm-hmm. and when I if I like I can sleep anywhere anytime if I choose to take a nap if I choose to go to sleep like I'm out I'm very rarely the person tossing and turning but the other side of that coin is I don't want to I've got things that I want to do things I want to learn or you know there's a show I've spent all day working and I just I'm not ready to go to bed I have I, I need some me time and it's I'm taking me time now from me time in the future and I'm always paying that price. Yeah. I, I try to justify it that way too. It's like, look, if you, if you rest now, you have more time later in my mind. It's like, I like documentaries, you know, I, it's just nighttime is that time where it all starts to click. It's like, you know, I'll turn on uh, um, old fights you know, I watch like old UFCs at like, you know, 1130 at night. And it's not even like watching a fight. It's like I watch a full fight card at 1130 yeah. at night. Like that's normal. And, you know, if it goes into two, it's just like, okay, no big deal. And then I turn on another one. It's like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep to this one. Meanwhile, <laughs> I can hear it in the background. I'm like, one, oh, wait one, a minute, one, wait one. a minute. <laughs> it's like, I know what this is. I know what they're about to do. So, yeah, my brain's always going and I don't know how to to work with that. And again, my therapist, she's like, hey, you know, get away from electronics and get away from this. And it's like, okay, it's like I've done that. 
but yeah, my brain is still firing and I don't know how to shut it off. And yeah, I, I, I know it, medication years ago, my previous uh, primary uh, physician, he gave me Ambien. This was like in the early days of Ambien. Ambien was like, I don't want to say brand new, but new enough. And yeah. I didn't have any like weird ambient horror stories, not that I'm aware of at least, but I do recall I lived back home. Uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, um, we both moved back home. We uh, had an apartment together, but we we're like, look, rent here in Maryland is unnecessarily expensive. It's so, Yeah, it's it's at a point right now where I don't know. <laughs> it's like, you know, you can't find my buddy just told me he has a two bedroom for 2000. It's like, sheesh, that's not normal. Wow. Is it? It's <laughs> about like, double what it is here. I, I, well, Maryland is grotesquely expensive though. Cause especially where we are, because we're in between DC and Baltimore and Annapolis. So, yeah. you know, the, the, um, you know, everyone's like, well, you got to take advantage of the fact that, you know, you have the nation's capital, the state capital, and then drugs and needles and rats. So, you know, you got two great things and then, you know, a questionable thing where, hey, they filmed the wire there. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you got that. Like, no, no thanks. Well, Inner Harbor is beautiful in the National yeah. Aquarium. It is beautiful too. So Baltimore has some pluses, but that's what they take advantage of is like, well, we're going to charge as much rent as we can because you're like right in the center of all three. But um, when I moved back home, you know, I talked to my doctor. He's like, look, I'll prescribe you some Ambien. I was like, uh, I, I was kind of really wanting to go to a therapist. He was like, well, here, try these pills first. Um, and, you know, see what see, a doctor. Know, <laughs> my my previous physician is like if there's a pill for it he was like here try it i was like dude <laughs> like relax you probably had a pharmacy in the office yeah like he yeah actually he did i remember he would give me um he gave me samples at first and then the samples they were fine i was like all right you know go ahead write the script he writes the script and I remember the, uh, the first time, well, the first time taking it was fine because there were lower doses. When I got the prescription, they were higher, and I didn't think to cut them in half. So I remember. Next level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I was on the phone with um, with my wife or girlfriend. Nah. We weren't engaged yet. Yeah, so boyfriend, girlfriend. I was on the phone with my girlfriend, and I was watching South Park. Uh, had the DVDs in. I'm on the uh, phone with her. I had already taken Ambien, so I'm fine. I'm sitting there. We're talking. I stood up to change the disc in the DVD player, and it was a wrap. It's, I stood up, hit the floor. Oh, man. Woke up about an hour later. I was like, holy shit, where am I? And you know, you know, crawled back up to bed, turned off the light, went to sleep. Woke up the next day a little groggy. Um, 
Never took. But you, you remember falling out and getting mm-hmm. out. Okay. I remember fall because I remember my knees hit the floor. It wasn't like just a straight like timber fall. Like yeah. I dropped to my knees and then fell from there, and it was a wrap. And then I woke up. Yeah. It was like holy shit. Okay, I started cutting them in half, and it was like kind of a take as needed. And then it just turned to you know what? Let's just figure out a natural way to sleep. Maybe there are better answers than these pills. Yeah. Um, I don't remember I cuz I never flushed them. I think they I just, they just sat in the cabinet and expired. I don't know, but after about I want to say less than a month I I just completely stopped taking them cuz I was going to try to all right, you know, let's take one, you know, every other night. And I was like, nope. Let's take half every other night. Nope. Not a good idea either and and you know my girlfriend, she was worried. She was like, "Yeah, yeah, you should probably not mess with those." But at this point, with my sleep pattern, I've just accepted the fact that I'm up at bizarre hours at night. I may as well just figure out what to do. But now that I figured out TikTok, now that's horrible because <laughs> that I, just adds to it. <laughs> I just look at these true crime stories and these um, weird facts that you may not have known. It's yeah, like, holy shit! Like, like. I I'm, then last night I actually put my phone in the drawer. I put the phone in my bedside uh, table drawer. I was like, just get away from me. I, I yeah. don't want to do this now. But it's yeah, nighttime is the right time, I guess. So, with working on the app and everything, what's been kind of one of the bigger challenges for you, just in in all of yeah. this? So, there the challenges that come up are strange like when when you're working in in tech you almost everything we do now is on a phone on a computer whatever you think you would just be able to off the shelf build something and you know for a lot of things you can but i've kind of taken for granted uh, all this time how weirdly difficult it is to build something from scratch and the um you know the Front end and back end developer that they're on my team. The front end developer, uh, Rob Spears, um, which by the way, check out his uh, his music, Rob Spears Trio. Uh, he's going to be releasing some stuff pretty soon. Uh, he had his first gig in 14 months, uh, like nice. Saturday. Uh, incredible musician. He was a groomsman in my wedding. Um, you know, I lived with him. He's one of my roommates for a while. Uh, Love him mm-hmm. to death, and he is a, a phenomenal front end developer. And he's been really helping me and holding my hand on on getting that. And um, the backend developer uh, was a recommendation from him, somebody that he knew professionally. And uh, they're they're both incredible. Um, so the backend developer Andy, he is building a lot of this from scratch using you know best principles and everything. And so he was the one that selected we're going to use you know, this for hosting, we're going to use this for the database, we're going to use this technology here. And so everything that he picked was, you know, things he knew or things he wanted to use. And every single project that you do may involve a different, they call it tech stack, you know, a different set of technologies put together. And so there's no like one-stop shop for building a, a, a database from scratch for like an app like this, where you're gonna have like user accounts and you gotta protect those user accounts and the user gonna be uploading videos of themselves and pictures of themselves and 
you, you can't do a fly-by-night operation when people are going to be dedicating um, a lot of time and energy into this because the last thing I want to happen is for them their account to mysteriously disappear or to get hacked or uh, God, what if they uploaded some videos that are highly inappropriate or illegal or you know like there's so much to consider on it and so um, I've given him you know a lot of free reign and he's uh, he's beautifully paranoid about things going wrong so he's you know making sure that um, passwords are stored properly and and not so this this is crazy as an aside um, the best practice is actually not to store passwords at all like. I don't know what Facebook does, but for example, Facebook doesn't actually know your password. When you type it in and you type it again to verify and they accept it, they actually have no clue what that password is. They take your password and they add some kind of string to the end of it that's, um, they call it hat, like salt and hashing. So they add salt to it, which is like some predetermined phrase that's gonna be like 70 characters long, some sentence or random digits or whatever. Every single password in the database has that same salt added to it. Then they run the password through this hashing algorithm, which means uh, they take whatever your password is and whatever the salt is, combine those, and then run an operation on it once. Then they take that result and run the operation again and again. And they run that through some predetermined number of times, 14,000, 5 million, whatever that is. And whatever your password calculates to that that hash is what they store in their database so they don't actually even know what the password was nor do they care they store the hash and the only way like so if somebody hacks into their system all they see are maybe username and this hash but if you type in that hash you know if somebody sees that and they try to hack it so they type in bjwiki at aol.com or whatever and that the hash into the password field it doesn't work hmm. and and a hash is one directional you can't reverse engineer it if you know what that digit is like if you know what the hash is you can't back into what the password would be so like this it's just wild some of the stuff that's going on like it's weird to think all these places don't even know what a password is all they care about is if i know the password if i put it into the equation and the equation spits out something that matches their database well, that so, explains it a lot when I can't get into my Facebook. Like, you know the password. Just tell me the password. Why don't you yeah. tell me the password? And they're like, we don't know the password. Why don't you know your password? Be, be, don't ask me these questions. <laughs> and that's why they can't give you the password is they don't know it. They have no way of knowing it. If somebody gets, if they have a, a developer in their, on their team that goes rogue, they may get an entire list of, of these hashes but they can't actually back into the password. Now what they can do is they can take common passwords and run those through their hashing algorithm and see what the result is and match that result to their database, which is why you shouldn't reuse passwords because if another company happens to use the same algorithm with the same salt, now your password can be in multiple databases. So that's the danger in doing it. Hmm. Anyway, your question was about the problems. Uh, I never knew it would take this long to just set up a general database for an app. Um, but, you know, every week we have a call and, and the problems that are being addressed are, are valid and they're important. And, you know, it, it's like I just want to be able to use it, but I also want it to be safe. And I want everyone to be able to put their information in and, and me with a straight face say, listen, we've done our due diligence on this. Like, it's, it's good to go. You're not going to just lose everything. And 
so that's been the biggest challenge is just letting the back end of the of the website um, be built from scratch and and be built the right way. Uh, and I never thought in a million years it would take that long because every app has a database of some kind. You'd think you'd be able to just like buy one off the shelf, but it just sure. there's so many technologies out there. Each one does something a little bit different. So once you pick that. You know, there's no longer an off-the-shelf solution anymore. You'll have to basically write code from scratch anyway. You may as well do it from from the get. And I never knew that. That just you know the way you know that you just explained it. It's like okay, that makes sense. Just with so many different, just everything, every different kind of app, very different kind of website, all of. So it does make sense, you know, having to come from scratch. But you know. Had, had I tried this, I wouldn't have known that either. So I guess, you know, you telling me that, it's like, okay, so at least if I ever say to myself, hey, let's make, I don't know, an app. There's an app for everything except for prostate exams, and I'm going to make an app <laughs> for that because my buddy just had to get I will, one. I will not be a beta tester for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, it's like there's got to be some other way to do this. Like, here, take my yeah. phone. Take my phone. Just scan me. Um, yeah. But you know, just knowing that, Hey, you know, it has to come from scratch. It's not just like, um, you know, like you, you have a model already there, a skeleton there and you start putting the pieces onto the skeleton. So that's, you know, definitely good to know. And I'm sure extremely challenging just coming from the ground up and having to essentially put this all together piece by piece and, one thing that you said in there that I, as a, you know, future user definitely appreciate is knowing that, you know, you all care about making sure, you know, people's information is protected and, you know, it's not just like, okay, here, hop on our app and, you know, they're risk. Sure. But like, you know, everything's a risk and, you know, you'll figure it out. Like, no, you guys yeah. are, looking at it from those angles we're like look we want to make sure passwords don't get compromised we want to make sure that people are uploading videos you know their videos are you know protected you know your information is protected and you know just you know period i would hope people would appreciate that and definitely you know just you know understand that that's that as the developer you know that's a big thing and you know, there's so many different websites out there that just, you know, they're just about getting the website up, getting their ad money and, and letting it run. And you'll figure it out later on the back end versus, look, let's just stop the problem before it gets there. So yeah. thank you for that. Well, it's like, you know, there, there's, uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but um, by by trade, I guess before this live, um, you know, I graduated with an engineering degree. Um, you know, I was a mechanical engineer for, for several years. And uh, with any any curriculum that you take, the classes, they always have, you know, sort of like an ethics class to go with it. You know, what what are your best practices? You know, your first year, what can go wrong? Here's why what we're teaching is important. And, um, like, I'll never forget the uh, the case study. Of, was it the Ford Pinto that they, they all caught on fire? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there were some some obvious like engineering issues, but rather than address those issues, rather than do a recall, they tried to to hide it. You know, they tried to 
yeah. and and it was a disaster. <clears throat> like it, it put Ford years behind where they could have been. It, it killed people, and and we don't think of like our our website security as being you know life or death, but but anytime technology is not considered properly, anytime that somebody cuts corners in technology, it can ruin lives. Um, you know, maybe this Jujitsu app, if somebody hacks it, it doesn't ruin your life in the same way that, you know, crashing your Ford Pinto would. But uh, look at Parler. Um, you know, during all the election stuff that happened, yeah. uh, that website, uh, that app, the entire issue was piss poor programming. Uh, the, the person that did a lot of the development did not follow best practices. Um, they allowed somebody to get admin privileges and then allowed that admin to create as many other admin accounts as they could, which they spread to many, many other hackers, which then created their own admin systems. Uh, it allowed bots with admin access to crawl the entire uh, site and pull information. When somebody would upload a picture or video, they didn't scrub the uh, metadata that most of us don't even know exists. But when you take a picture on your phone, it tags a location. If your GPS is on, it tags information about the date, the time, yep. everything. And they didn't scrub that data. So when people scrub, when people went and scraped Parler, they found all these, you know, images that were very telling of what the person was doing. And guess what? Timestamp. Guess what? GPS log. Guess what? Huge issues. And you know, this, I really hope people don't try to use my app the same way they're trying to use Parler because I have no interest in that. But no. when it comes down to it, like you've got to think about these things and you have to take technology and security seriously because if you do it wrong, if you, if you think, oh, I'll come back to it, you probably won't. You're going to leave a vulnerability that somebody else can come in later and, mm. and crack into. And that's, I have no interest in that. And if it takes longer to develop, if it's more expensive to develop, I would rather have that problem now than I would when I have, you know, 7 million users or something crazy. So with champions keep score with it being a teaching tool, a learning tool, uh, a development tool, there is, well, there are a couple different apps, but one thing that I've seen with these other apps that they've gone in the direction of is being more social media now and less, you know, they still have the features of, you know, taking your notes and, and documentation, but it, it's almost more like social media, you know, kind of a backdoor way into social media, I guess. Uh, what champions keep score, is it in any, I'm just tr I'm trying to think um, in the word, because for example, Maroon, uh, being an app that that I've used in the past, you know, had a lot to offer in the beginning. But when I've gone back to it since, it's almost kind of like, you know, people are checking in, people are coming in, people are messaging, you know, almost like, a, you know, Facebook or MySpace uh, style setup. With uh, Champion, Champions Keep Score, is it just strictly, you know, you have your data and this is just for you or are there share features that would be there that are kind of like light versions of social media? Yeah. So um, this is one of the, one of the things I spent a lot of time just thinking about and 
I mean, you know, I'm somebody that I, it churns all the time. I'm thinking about things and poking holes in it. And like, is this what I want? Is this really like the direction I want to go? And uh, like, I'm not throwing any other developers under the bus, any other apps, but, but the last thing I wanted was the Facebook of jujitsu. Um, like I, there are other apps that are the, the social media of jujitsu. And for me, uh, you know, not, not throwing shade at them. Like I, I wish them like all the success, but I don't, I don't believe that that is viable for very long. There's already a Facebook with jujitsu groups. Uh, and most of us don't want to have a second place to go to do this. And so like, I don't, I don't believe that those are going to have long-term traction. They, they may be, they may be, I don't know. Uh, and I wish them the best. And you know, if that's their business and that's their model and they believe in it full speed ahead. Um, but for me, like that's, that's not what it was about. I do think being social is important. I do think, you know, the community aspect is critical, but I didn't want to start with the social media of, um, because I felt like it was going to kind of pigeonhole me in the wrong direction. Um, I do have a lot of features planned that will help people with social media. Um, one of the things I'm really excited about is, is, you know, uh, like the video, your sparring videos that you log or your competition videos that you log, where you'll have like a timestamp, you know, I got arm barred at this time or whatever. At some point in the future, um, and not in like the busy future, like the soon future, um, you'll be able to look at the list of arm bars that you've won or lost or whatever and create a highlight reel or low light reel. You know, that's, if you're losing by arm bar a lot, you're probably not going to just put, post that to social media. But, you know, the counter, if you're winning by arm bar a lot, you may want to do uh, a, a highlight reel showing your arm bar. And if you're going to have an instructionals on arm bars, that would be really helpful to have tons of videos already marked up with like timestamps so you could you could take those snippets and, and splice them together and make, you know, some great marketing tools. And, and then people share that. So like, I think what I'm doing is going to be incredibly helpful for people with social, like social media, which is really what TikTok did. TikTok, you can make this amazing TikTok video and then download it and then share it wherever you want. You know, they didn't build the walls that like, like if you make an Instagram post, it's really hard to share that anywhere else except for Facebook. But TikTok said, I don't care. Here's a great service and share it everywhere. And then we'll have a little watermark on it. And people are going to go, oh, TikTok's cool. I'm going to go check this out. Like, so not trying to copy TikTok either, but like that makes sense to me to, to create things that can live outside of my ecosystem that can help bring people in. So um, that's just one example of, of a feature that I think is going to be used socially. Um, and and long-term, I do want to have places where people can interact on the site, um, you know, give private lessons to each other or, um, talk about tournaments that are coming up, you know, and, and I don't, I don't know exactly how that's going to look yet, but I, I can see how it's going to function with, uh, as a bolt on to what we already have. So I never want to be the social media of jujitsu, but I would absolutely love to be a community within jujitsu that people love to go to, um, which is kind of like what I see Reddit. I see Reddit as a community within jujitsu, um, without being like social media. And I think you can, you can have that and people are going to love it. And, um, and I, I think that's the move for me. You know, I don't, I don't believe in competing with Facebook because, uh, you know, I did a Kickstarter for $15,000. I don't have the resources to compete with the Facebook.com. And I don't want to. 
it's already there. Yeah. I think that's the big thing too, is it's already there. We already have a social media. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. I felt, I felt pretty good about my space personally, but you know, I liked having a top eight just to let my friends know, <laughs> you know, where they stood in my life. My, my, my wife got pissed because I moved her from number one to number three once and that didn't go over well. So maybe, maybe my space wasn't the best tool for me, but you know, so sometimes maybe you just you gotta, yeah, you need to bring it back. It's my math. I mean, I've actually deleted my wife from my Facebook before as well so because uh, i don't know how social media works look I mean, you guys see me on there i'm just i post in ghost i don't know what i'm doing so then when i see something that just seems we're like again my wife and i we live together it's like why do we need to be on social media we talk right here like, yeah so i deleted her and she was like why'd you delete me and i was like well because you're sitting next to me and we are talking now and she sent me like no other words. She just sent a friend request, and I was like, "Guess I should accept this." <laughs> so, I, so lesson learned: never yeah. delete your spouse from social media, no matter how much you talk in real life. Yeah, um, I can see that. But yeah, it, it's you know, like you said, you know, Facebook's there. The other social media outlets are there, so. Uh, you know, building this app and then having a community within the app, you know, that's, that's a key point because I mean, hell, even, you know, all of us on Instagram, again, we are community, you know, we, you know, from one pocket to the other, to the bigger hole as well. So, yeah, you know, there's so much, uh, so much involved in all of that. So, you know, again, you know, it's great. And it's like, it just, like you said, you're always going. Everything's always just tick, 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 going. And I can tell because, like, if there's anything, you've already thought of it, you know, or you're already in the process of addressing it, or you've already got kind of an ideal or plan, you know, for that. So that's that's chess in 4D, my friend, and that that's <laughs> awesome. It's uh, uh, that's actually what I called it to my wife the other day. Uh, almost exactly is is 4D chess. Um, you know, every, everyone has a different way of thinking. And so like I have a, like a three dimensional or four dimensional brain where that's why I went to mecha mechanical engineering is I can, I can look at a schematic of like an engine parts and I can, I can see like an exploded view in my mind of how it's all like churning. And I can, nice. I can see where something is going to go wrong. And like, in, like visually I'm actually turning it in my mind and flipping it around and, and poking holes in it. And it drives my wife crazy because I'll explain something in my 3d brain and that it's not she doesn't have that um she's very like she has like almost a photographic memory but it's like lists and it's like tables and it's yeah um you know for her to take like this repository of information but convert that to an image like what i have is incredibly difficult for her and it's like for me like the process is everything like this this app like i see how the things are clicking together and you know this needs to talk to that and here's here's a great way to make that happen. And if these are talking together, what does that mean for this over here? And so, like, I already have a lot of those connections built in my mind because I've, I've taken this and I've broken it apart. I've, you know, tried to develop it myself and broke it and then rebuilt it and broke it and rebuilt it. And now I kind of see, like, the shape that I think it needs to be 
to get to that next level. And it's all that, that three dimensional or four dimensional uh, imaging that I've done on it. It's interesting that you, you know, break that down that way. My wife and I were talking about music recently. I've just been on this music kick again. I, I've always what loved music. Um, <clears throat> right now, I'm I'm falling back into um, 70s R&B. And a big part of that is because of 90s hip hop. Yeah. Uh, a great deal of 90s hip hop. And I'm, you know, not like, like Puffy and, um, you know, like the like later mid 90s, but I'm talking like um, the early 90s where you start getting your Wu-Tang, you start getting Nas, um, you know, you you have Mob Deep. Well, Mob Deep was more mid, but, you know, there's a lot of music that when you listen to 70s R&B, you hear a lot of those drums, you hear a lot of those horns. Uh, Al Green, uh, there's a lot of Al Green that sampled in that. Al Green sampled himself. <laughs> and, you know, my wife and I are listening to it. And, you know, just we started talking and I started like really going into all these crazy details and just di- dissecting the music. And she looked at me and she was like, okay, look, I'm sorry, but I don't know what you're saying. I appreciate the music. I appreciate, you know, what you're offering, but I have no clue what you're saying. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Her brain just doesn't break it the same way that yours does. Yeah. And, and I, I didn't, think of it that way either though i always thought i you know i know everybody thinks differently but hearing music because to me it's just hearing the music like uh missy elliott's uh the rain we're listening to i can't remember the original artist but word for word beat you know note everything you know she basically just took that beginning part i'm sorry the chorus part of the song from the seventies, I can't stand the rain. And it comes on and my wife got excited. She was like, I know this song. I was like, no, 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 you don't know this song. You don't know it. Yeah. You know, this chorus, but you're like, no, no, I know this. I was like, yeah, because this is the exact, like Missy Elliott pulled this exact part of the song and then spun a different beat for the, um, you know, for the verses. Yeah. But you know, well, changes yeah, by Tupac, it, like same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with, uh, you know, one of the things that got me with Tupac and Biggie, yeah. uh, people will hear a specific song uh, with Biggie. It's a uh, one more chance. And then with Tupac, uh, what's the song? Um, I can't think of it right now off top, but it's from an eighties R and B group, the barge who's, you know, from grand Rapids, Michigan. And we being from Detroit, we like claimed the barge as our own. You know, we're like, you know, this, that's Detroit music right there, kid. Yeah. But anytime we would hear um, Biggie, it's like, but Ashanti <laughs> went and sampled it as well. So when we hear her do it, it's like, we yeah. get excited. Then we're like, oh, it's Ashanti. Never mind. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but, you know, just listening to, you know, that older music from the 70s, it it is now kind of rekindling my love for 90s hip hop. 
And, uh, you know, I'm just really kind of going through decades. But even with that, um, you know, 70s R&B, I've started going into 80s uh, Euro pop, like Duran Duran. Um, Hungry and, like the wolf. Like Hungry like the wolf, <laughs> uh, Reflex, Notorious. Yeah. Notorious is a big one because Biggie, you know, you know, with Puffy being his producer, just took that that beginning part. No, 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 notorious. Yeah. And when Conor McGregor comes out, it, it's funny because you know we hear that part it's coming back again. Yeah. You know, it's like, do we know is he using the Duran Duran version or the Biggie version? You know, because we just get excited, yeah. we just hear notorious, but. I've been listening to, I've been listening to that song specifically almost every day, just because the construction to it is just so fun. But yeah, the, like the music from the eighties, like the MTV um, influenced music specifically it is really fun. And it's interesting because with MTV, how they came about, you know, they wanted to be a rock and roll uh, station for music videos, but the U S had very limited music. So yeah. that's why we got a lot of, uh, wham, Duran Duran, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, who, who else, uh, a lot of the artists on MTV in the early years were all British bands. And, yeah. you know, the reason why is because they were already kind of ahead of the U S with music videos. So, MTV just basically was like, well, look, just bring it in. Just take this music and we're going to run with it. So that's how we got our YouTube. That's how we got, you know, again, Duran Duran. Um, you know, it, eventually, you know, the U.S. started catching up with our own hair bands, you know, specifically uh, um, Van Halen, Motley Crue, yeah. Poison, Bon Jovi. But right before all of them, it was all going down in England. And, you know, a lot of that music is what got sampled into some of the 90s hip hop as well. So sure. it, it's just fun breaking that music down. Oh, David Bowie. I, I don't, how can I ever fucking forget David Bowie? I know. I'm mad at myself for not thinking of him. Um, But all that. You know, it's kind of my path right now with music. I'm just kind of going through as I'm listening to hip hop in the 90s and even the late 80s. And then I jump back over and say, okay, where'd this come from? And then even uh, my buddy and I, we recorded an episode of Colompton Social Club. The audio got ruined. Uh, you know, you'd think after a year I'd know how to do this, but. <laughs> I, somehow i lost 45 minutes of us talking about a, a oh, deep music it, it was just we we're talking about mob deep and um shook ones which mob deep is responsible for three of the greatest hip-hop beats in history with shook ones survival of the fittest and quiet storm and um shook ones the way that that beat got constructed is uh, they took a Herbie Hancock song and actually just kind of chopped it up where um, they basically took the end and put it at the beginning and slowed it down. And it's just, it's just a piano. It's the um, piano. And then they just took a random sound from a movie 
to um, kind of just add a little razzle dazzle. And when you play it all together, it's magic. But when you break it up and, and see how it came together, it's beyond magic. It's just like, how did your brain think to do that? Yeah, and, it's so amazing. Um, there's a song on Ghostface Killer's first album called Daytona 500. They took a Beastie Boys track uh, from their first album and they sped it up. You would never know it's the same uh, beat at all. Doesn't even remotely sound close. But that, that crazy? But that speed up, it, it changes everything and both songs are great. <laughs> and yeah. that's what's even better is that it's not like you take a song and then say, oh, well, you know, this song is better. Like, I know when Jay-Z and Nas were having their little beef, uh, Jay-Z sampled uh, Dead President, or he took the sample for uh, Dead Presidents from Nas. You know, I'm out for Presidents to represent me. And, you know, Jay-Z was like, you know, you made a hot line, I made a hot song. Yeah. And, you know, th- you know there is always kind of that thing where, Sometimes you might take something from a previous song and now you've made it better. But with this Beastie Boys track and this Ghostface track, you know, they both stand on their own. So it's just fun deciphering these things and thinking about it. And there's a track on TikTok now. I can never think of it when when I start talking about it, but it's actually a Mozart uh, song. I think you're, yeah, I think it's happened a lot in the past. I think you're going to continue to see a lot of like classical start coming back and, and sampled yeah. in. And, and it's interesting because when you hear the Mozart version, it's like, oh my God, that is that. And yeah. then when you hear the modern version, it's just, you know, using a lot of different instruments, but you don't hear piano in there. You hear yeah. anything but the piano. And it's like, as long as you can make it work and it serves its purpose. I think music, you know, music, much like jujitsu, you know, it, it's freeing. And, sure. you know, whether you speak the language or not, at least I hope it can be appreciated. So yeah. uh, and that's what I always ask when when I am talking about jujitsu to my wife or to my family. Look, you guys may not get it, but I do hope at least you can appreciate that, you know, this makes me feel something. And that's how I feel with music too. It's like, you may not understand that, you know, George, George Michael is my favorite like musician, you know, my favorite singer, I should say, uh, like of all time. I just love that dude's voice. And I love his, his the way that he took music and thought about music. Um, he, he reinvented himself after wham, you know? Yeah when when he went and did faith you know it, it, like you just see a complete overhaul and then even after that he reinvented himself again when he did uh listen without prejudice prejudice uh, volume one and it's just seeing an artist you know change like that over yeah. you know i think his first single was 1980 um uh, with uh andrew uh, ridgely and wham and it's just great to see that kind of um transformation like i like that in movies though too i like that in tv shows where you see character developments over a long time i love that in music i just love seeing growth i just love seeing you know where you came from 
where you got to and where you're going. So, yeah, I was, I was actually visiting my grandma a few months ago and uh, she was watching a documentary on Cher. And I, you know, yeah. I haven't followed Cher's career like at all. I didn't know anything about her and I wasn't particularly excited to watch the documentary, but she was watching it and, you know, I'm going to sit there and watch it with her and just blown away by, you know, somebody that transformed herself in, in so many different ways and basically lived so many different lives in her career. And yeah. the same thing, I mean, you talk about character development, like you look at Sonny and Cher and, you know, their variety show and their albums they put together and everything and like look where she is now. And yeah. it's hard to even believe it's the same person and and just never let her circumstance define her, but rather rise above. And yep. uh, it's incredible. Yeah. You have artists like Cher, Madonna, Mariah Carey, yep. um, even Whitney Houston. You know, these are artists who they've they've gone through transformations where, especially Madonna, where she came out, you know, true blue and, you know, the jeans and, you know, the tacky jackets and T-shirts. And then she goes to the Material Girl off the Like a Virgin album, you know, and you know, the blonde hair. And then after that, she goes to a redhead and does like a prayer. And then, you know, then she becomes, you know, this super free spirit, you know, and in the nineties hit, you know, she has the erotica album, which one of my favorite Madonna songs is from the album, but I don't have that album. And that disturbs me that I don't have the album, (laughs) but I have this song and I love it so much. It's called bad girl. Um, And the video has Christopher Walken in it. And this, you know, this, you know, basically a tale of a girl who's just a woman who's just living, living her life. And yeah. she's going out and being reckless at night and just careless. And ultimately it, it became her undoing. Um, and then after that, she uh, got with Babyface, Kenny Edmonds, and did, you know, the Bedtime Stories album where that's probably one of three albums in my collection of music. I could listen to every single song without skipping it and saying, no, I don't need to hear this. I could listen to every single song, sing every song, love every song, and then say to myself, let me go ahead and play that back. Um, the other album being Garbage and uh, Mariah Carey's Music Box. Yeah, But it, it's just, you, when you take a character like her, and she grows in a way, Cher, Mariah, Madonna, you know, you just see this development that you don't really see it so much these days in music. I think just because things are moving too fast and the industry is kind of impatient where they want, you know, the next big thing now and they don't care. I mean, we saw that kind of undoing when, Britney Spears came about, she came out and then kind of transformed a little bit, transformed a little bit more. And then by the time she got to the fourth transformation, they're like, we're done with you. We need the next big thing. Um, The only one in that era that kind of got away with it was Usher and Justin Timberlake. They were able to, Justin Timberlake more so than anything, because he started with NSYNC, then went solo and started to really grow from there. And we were just watching Trolls today or listen to the soundtrack. And I was really thinking about that. I was like, wow, this guy went from, you know, like, I love you. And, and, you know, uh, sexy back to, you know, can't stop the feeling. Yeah. And, and it's He's unstoppable. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, actually in another one in there, Janet Jackson, she's another one who's transformed just pretty timeless. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and you know, if we mention Janet, obviously Michael, but yeah. it, it's just music is just like I'm I'm doing an off the mats episode uh, later in July with with uh, my good buddy Bobby from Nerd Rage. We're going to be doing a music episode, and I cannot wait. As you can see, I think I just took over about thirty minutes just talking about music here. This is, um, I mean, it's been awesome. Um, before we get too far away from uh, specifically hip hop, um, have do you follow the Bishop Chronicles podcast? Yes, I've actually, he and I are going to do an episode together. Okay, uh, I was going to recommend, like, I, I cannot talk highly enough about uh, how do you, Adisa Benjoko? That, like, yes, um, I never actually heard him say his name all the way out, but he's the bishop in my mind. Yeah, I, I always just call him Bishop. Yeah. Um, yeah, he like I follow him. I know he's more West Coast hip hop. Yeah. And I'm a little I'm there, but like there's a lot to learn on that end. The um the first uh piece of music that I bought right. was um Ice T six in the morning. And right. uh yeah, per, wouldn't awful. recommend wouldn't recommend any eleven year old buying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh that was the first cassette tape i bought the first cd i ever bought was amy grant's heart in motion so that just shows you how all over the place i am i go from gangster rap the early years of gangster rap to christian pop but i i did uh speak with bishop i messaged him i want to say three weeks ago and asked him like hey man just just quick question would you be willing to be a guest you know and just let's talk a little bit of hip hop. And he's such, just such a nice guy. And he was like, dude, I'd be honored. I was like, dude, no, I'd be honored. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah. I've, like, I've messaged him a couple of times and uh, you know, he gave me a shout up on his, on his podcast and I can't talk highly enough about him. I mean, I just, I respect mm -hmm. him so much. He's got a, such an interesting viewpoint on yeah. like everything. It's not even, you know, like his hip hop viewpoint. It's super interesting because it, it's just not the culture I grew up in. And I love hearing about it. But beyond that, I mean, like he's into jujitsu, he's into chess, he's into meditation. And like, I remember he, like he does uh, haikus on a lot of his, like so yeah. poetry and Japanese philosophy and just incredible person to, uh, to have met and, you know, or at least digitally met. Yeah. I think he is, cause I, I was trying to figure this out um, after I messaged him. I think he's 50. He's 50 or 51. So I was like, I know you are older than me, but by how much, you know, because in my mind, it's like, it's just when you listen to his podcast, you listen to him talk. It's like, yeah. dude, you've seen a lot. You have experienced a lot. And it's like, I want to know, like, you know, because there are people, you know, far younger than me that have seen a lot and experienced a lot. And just hearing his stories, it's like, I need to know, what is your age? Like, yeah, because how, how, how have you seen all this? And it's like, oh, you're 50, you're like, you know, early 50s. I mean, that's still, you know, I'm not far off. So, but, but he's robust it, too. I mean, he's in, yeah. you know, age, age is just a number for some people, you know, it, it just, yes. he's, uh, I don't know, charismatic and interesting. And mm -hmm. I just can't talk highly enough about him too. So, yeah, I'm, I've, 
I'm not sure when we're going to record, but I, I reached out to him. And I was just so excited that he said yes. I was like, dude, I like it. It was kind of one of those things where I asked Ashley Yoder if she would be a guest, and she said yes. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't expect <laughs> you to say yes. So can I have a redo? I, can you say no? <laughs> yeah, like I panicked. And and I went into this point where I didn't want to ask her, you know, I didn't want to follow up because I was like, I didn't really have a plan. I, I was just, you know, just kind of asking out a girl to see if she say yes. And if she yeah. said yes, I was like, oh, I was just joking. Yeah. <laughs> see ya. But when I asked him, I wasn't expecting him to say no, but it was also one of those things where I was like, you know what? I understand if he's busy. And when he's like, Absolutely. You know, just let me know the date. I was like, holy shit. Like, did that just happen? Okay. Um, n- now I need to figure out a date. Probably because I'm coming up on one year. Um, I think August 8th. So I'm maybe going to see if I can get around to recording maybe a week before that and have him come out on the 9th, which would be my wife's birthday. But I can't stress enough how much i love music and how much i love talking about it and sometimes i wonder it's like do i even know what the hell i'm talking about i don't know but i say enough words to make it sound like i do and good enough for me just like listening being able to listen to bishop being able to sit with my buddy bobby and listen to him you know i really want to hear what other people's music experiences were and what you know influenced them musically so that's i got at least two episodes possibly three that I'm looking to make happen in August, late July. Uh, but I do have a question for you in, in relation to podcasting in our community. Yeah. Uh, Cause I've spoken with a few others um, about this. Well, they've spoken to me and I said, Hey, I'm game. Uh, let's just, you know, make it happen. Um, Johan out in Sweden. Yeah. He was interested in us doing a podcast yourself. He, me, um, and there's been a couple others now who've wanted to kind of somehow jump into this. And I'm like, well, you don't want to get too many in here, but um, <laughs> I'm thinking Paige, uh, BJJ Mama yeah. um, as well, because you all are frequent guests on here with me. So I was like, well, let me see if I can figure this out and, you know, work out schedule wise, if we can all get together on one episode, it's going to be tough because I think we all have kids. So it's like, okay, we, we have to figure out around kids. I, I think it's tougher for everybody else because like my kid, it's like, if I give her a microphone and just so like, Hey, you're part of show two, she'll sit in the corner, and just talk and think she's in it. And <laughs> she's entertained, but everyone else's kids, I, I think needs a little bit more handling yeah. than mine. Cause mine is just like, Oh, give me a mic. I don't care. And then she'll go disappear. Um, I'm, but I'm fairly flexible as well. So, uh, you know, depending on um, other schedules. So I would, that sounds awesome. I would absolutely love that. Um, I'm going to talk to Johan later this week. Cause I, you know, I let him know, Hey, I'm going to be talking with Zach um, soon. We'll, we'll sort this out. Um, and see if we can make this happen. I'm actually recording with Paige tomorrow. So I'm going to, you know, talk to her, see if we can sort it out with her. Is she, and, is she white or blue belt? She's blue, right? She is blue. I think she got promoted right before or right as COVID started. Okay, that's what I was thinking. So, I wish um, she was a white belt because that'd be awesome because it'd be white, blue, purple, brown, and we could get a black belt. And it would be super uh, cool to have like a global, like, 
That would be cool. Um, now, now, dude, now you got my brain ticking. It's like, but I don't want to disinclude her. You know what? Yeah. I can still include her because I'm the host. I mean, I talk enough as is. I can just be here to facilitate and let you all talk. Yeah. Let me see if I can get a white belt in this group. And then Ken Peters has been very open to recording as well. That would be amazing. I want to talk to him for a while. Like, he's another one that made me nervous when he said yes. And I was like, oh, shit. You weren't supposed to say yes. You were yeah. supposed to say, uh, I'm a little busy, but I will sort it out. And when he said yes, I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> and I haven't gotten back to him, and I feel horrible. But, I, you know. Or just... have you ever uh, reached out to Vanessa Wexler? I have not. Actually. That'd be another interesting, like a female black belt perspective would be super cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I've actually never, I don't know if I've even commented I, i've reposted quite a few um of of vanessa wexler's posts but i don't know if we've ever communicated as well, i know as that I that she and johan are often like commenting back and forth on on the various yeah. posts and i think she's helped him a lot with some of his um i think half guard passing and like triangles i think she's she's pretty strong on and i think that she's helped him uh, a lot and he's always like giving giving her props on the post so okay. yeah um yeah i think that'd be hmm. awesome that'd be super cool i think okay so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna i'm gonna make this happen so i'm gonna you page johan i'm gonna reach out to vanessa i'm trying to think of any because i don't i know i know white belts was like ooh, like do i communicate with like you know fairly consistently that's a white yeah. belt because most everyone's a blue belt that I'm typically chatting with. And the only white belt that came to mind, she just got promoted to blue. So, uh, um, oh, actually, shame. Amy from BJJ Judo. Uh, okay. She She's a white belt. And we had talked about doing an episode but she was hesitant, and then she was like, okay, let's shoot for um, June, and just, I'm not the best with schedules, so I, I have a calendar. <laughs> As you know, reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, geez, Louise, like, that's why I had to message you, you know, yesterday, I was like, okay. My like my alarm on my computer just reminded me, so let me message him now, so we don't yeah. like I don't go into today. Da, 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 da. What was I supposed to do? <gasps> oh shit! Um, so which I think is I what like we did that. last time we both like collectively went. Uh oh. <laughs> it's <laughs> like so you know, like that. I will never be offended if uh, something happens and you forget or I forget. It just I get it. It's like I shouldn't forget because I have a calendar reminder yeah. on my computer that I'm on all the time and it'll pop up in the corner. I'll say, OK, I got it. I know. And I'll shut it off on snooze and then move on with my life. And then my life happens three weeks later. I was like, what was that? I was supposed to do something, wasn't I? Yeah. Like, I was supposed to be so my door. <laughs> <laughs> but yep. I like that ideal. I'm going to yeah reach out to Vanessa uh, Wexler and, and see if we can make that happen and then from there it's just sorting out the schedules because I think it would be when I did the episode with the f six female fighters 
Yeah. It was fun, but I did everyone separately. It was like, I'd like to do something with people collectively. So, you know, we can all kind of bounce ideals off of each other and talk and have an open forum. It's just scheduling is going to get weird, but we're going to make this happen. And now I'm super excited about it. As a matter of fact, that is probably now my goal to make that happen probably more than anything because that'd be amazing. I would love to just get us all like cross section together and all these different people with different backgrounds, different rank and different philosophies and just see what happens. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing, you know, everyone's perspective and, you know, you know, your path and where it came from, you know, the beginning, the middle and the current. I mean, I don't know. I always hate saying begin, beginning, middle, end, because it's like, well, I mean, if you're on a jujitsu journey and you're doing this, yeah, should shouldn't have an end, but you know, I don't know where but, we go throughout the entire conversation. But it'd be kind of cool to start with like a white belt's perspective and like what's your. And I don't know. I haven't thought this through completely, but you know, what are your what's your problem? Like, what are you struggling with? What do you think will happen? It won't happen, and then let the blue belt step in and say, "Oh, I remember that." And you know, here's here's yep. what happened, and then go up the line, and then just you know, see what happens from there. It's yeah, like each layer has something to offer down to the to the the previous. So I like it. I like it a lot. So as we move forward with champions keep score and student of BJJ, I know you're going to be closing down the shop very soon. Is that just basically with us? Champions keep scores just a lot on your plate right now. Just, you know, putting the main focus there. there there's a few things. So, um, you know, I, I kind of try to, to see my life as this. It's not, but I try to see it as this cohesive idea. You know, everything that I'm doing is, is building something bigger than myself. And I need to make sure all those pieces are working together. Otherwise, they're working against each other. Um, I, I never set out to sell merchandise. It was never really like, all I really wanted to do is to be able to justify having the website up and running. And that's a little expensive, not super expensive. So I thought if I can sell this many shirts per year, then I am at least breaking even. And that feels like the right direction. Um, you know, I, I designed a bunch of shirts. I enjoy drawing. I enjoy like connecting with people and, Enjoy making art. I, I stopped posting a lot of my art because it just honestly no one seemed to care about it, which is fine because I'm not that great at it. Um, but I did have a few designs that people seem to like and resonate with, and you know, I, like I was happy to keep it going. And I don't know that I'm ever going to like delete the store because I'm on Teespring, so like I'm fine just having it up and running in the background. Um, but as far as like creating new designs, or you know, if Teespring decides to to pivot at some point. I'm not going to pivot with them. Um, but but the real decision came from um, realizing that with, with Champions Keep Score, it's a team effort. You know, I'm trying to build something, but it's a whole community. And I don't have the perspective myself to be able to speak for an entire community. There's so many different people that, that train different ways and so many people that have different philosophies. And, and I'm not interested in being like the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I started thinking like, okay, this, this app, I, I want it to be approachable for everybody. I want everyone to be able to access it. I don't want it to be 
uh, a high-end gym that I'm not going to name names, but you know, a subscription of 20 bucks a month or 40 bucks a month or whatever. Like, no, that's, that's not what I'm about. I want people to be able to use this app and, uh, and not break the bank. So, but it's going to be expensive. So I started thinking, how am I going to, like, what's my model here? What, like, how can I make this happen? And it's either I charge people every month, some set rate is one model. I didn't really want to do that. Uh, I felt like I was going to limit myself. Uh, the other option or one other option would be um, to spam everyone with advertisements. And I didn't really want to do that either. Uh, it feels inauthentic, even if it's like a necessary evil. And so I kind of settled on, on the third option of, of having an internal marketplace. And I felt like that was on brand for me for a few reasons. Um, one is it would allow me to uh, sort of let people pay for the app, but also get something extra in return. You know, if they buy something from the marketplace, then it goes to fund the app. So they're sort of paying their subscription, but just in a different way. Sure. Um, I also felt like it was an opportunity or will be an opportunity um, to support small and up and coming brands. You know, it would be a great way for someone to get exposure to jujitsu um, super fans with their small brand without having to pay like these crazy Facebook ad prices or whatever, which gets served to so many people outside of the community. Anyone that's ever liked a Conor McGregor fight gets served a jujitsu gi and they're not going to buy it. And so it just runs up. So I thought there was an opportunity. Um, so most of the funding of the app is going to come through a marketplace at some point. Okay. And uh, in order to do that, I, I felt like I needed to have a good relationship with uh, somebody before that, um, you know, a brand that I could work with and, and have some trust back and forth built up, you know, I, and so I reached out to 93 brand um, and, and they agreed to be sort of that, that person for me, um, or that company for me, um, they, they sent me some, uh, actually a lot of geese and rash guards, you know, that I'm basically sponsored, even though I don't compete very often. I'm probably one of the few people sponsored that doesn't have like a world champion medal. Um, but it's because, you know, I approached them and I want to help them and, and they want to help me. So when the marketplace goes live, they're going to be the company that sort of helps me work, you know, iron those kinks out and, um, they're going to be the first to market on the app. And, and that was, you know, what I approached them. I, I wanted to really offer them value and I wanted, um, I knew that they could offer me, um, a lot of, uh, help in the same way. Sure. So if, if I'm really going to be sponsored by someone, the last thing I want to do is, uh, just take their merchandise and try to sell my own. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't jive. That's, that's not every piece of my life working together. Uh, and so, you know, when they, when they agreed to sponsor me, which it wasn't exactly how uh, I pitched it, but it ended up sort of the conversation led that way. Uh, I realized that it doesn't make sense for me to have, have a shop selling my own thing while also being sponsored with someone else. That's, a, that's not authentic. That's not me. And honestly, like, you know, the, the merchandise was just to keep the lights on. And now I have, I have another plan for keeping the lights on. So I don't, I don't need to sell the merchandise. If, if people want it, if they want to go to the shop, like it'll probably be there, but it's going to get harder and harder for people to find as it gets buried in the sands of time, you know, and, and 93 brand is, is going to be the, 
company, you know, they, they took a gamble on me and, and I'm very appreciative and I'm going to do them proud. And, you know, I wear their gear when I train. I love it. And uh, they're going to be the, the first one on the app and, and help me get everything going there. So that's kind of why the shop is being shuttered is it just doesn't make sense for me to have a shop anymore um, with, with a good partner on my side and, and with some, some bigger projects on the horizon. Uh, when I initially saw your post, you know, saying you basically, you know, you know, last chance, you know, coming up to get, you know, shirts, hats and whatnot. I was like, wait, what? Like, okay. Like, uh, I've got questions. <laughs> I need to know answers. But then it, it's weird now with having a podcast, conversations become very weird around this house. Like conversations with my friends become very weird because we get into conversations, I ask questions, and I'm like, we need to be recording this. So, <laughs> and it, but then also how I approach questions get really weird. Like, I, it's like, okay, I want to know, but I don't want to ask them. I want to like, I, I want to talk to them on the podcast about it, and, and you know, kind of know from there. Versus like, you know, shooting the message, like, oh, okay, cool. Like that would have been good for yeah. the podcast. Um, so when I saw it though, I was like, okay, I'm curious. Like, I was like, okay, well, he's got the app going, so that's probably taking up a lot of time. And I kind of thought like maybe there'll be, you know, some kind of marketplace deal, you know, within there. But it's you know, I couldn't wrap my brain around it because I'm very like linear with like thinking about things like that. It's just like, oh, okay, shop. Yeah. Versus like, oh, wait a minute, you've got, you know, a sponsorship here with, you know, this brand. And like you said, it wouldn't make sense to be selling your own products, you know, while taking from them. So, and, you know, that again, you know, I I can't say it enough. Like you're one of the, you know, few stand up dudes I know, like, because there are guys that are just like, "Eh, you know, free stuff. Now let me go sell my stuff. And, or, you know, even worse on top of that free stuff. Hey, who wants to, you know, 93 brand I was like, Whoa, don't, don't be a creep guy. Cause yeah. there are those out there. I know them. I've trained with them, <laughs> not dropping names, but yeah. I hear you. So I, I never, um, it sounds, I don't know how this is going to sound, but I'm going to say it anyway. I never jumped into the merchandise game with both feet. Like I probably could have or should have. Um, but I never set out to be like, a brand like that you know I, I sort of backed into it on accident mm. and you know I enjoyed it it's been a lot of fun but you know I've, I've never actually like bought an inventory of things to try to sell like I don't want the headaches that most brands can deal with I don't want to place an order myself I don't want to have to put that into a box and some stamps and mail it and fulfillment and customer service and all that and that's just a big distraction for what I want to be doing I found a print on demand, you know, Teespring has been like a great partner. Like they're super easy to use. Um, yeah. I think that's what you use as well. Like mm-hmm. it makes, it makes it super easy for someone to make like a side hustle um, without dealing with all those headaches of brands. But you know what? The fact that I never bought a set of rash cards and sold them, or I never bought geese and sold them really is like an obvious sign that that's not where my heart was. And that's not where my faith was. I did not believe that that was my path forward was being that kind of brand. 
And so it's easy to step away from it. That's one thing that I realized with Teespring. It's just, this is something where you can kind of get your feet wet and know, you know, if you want to be more hands-on with this kind of stuff and which direction to go with it. And yeah, they're, they're great to work with. I I've ordered, um, I ordered a sweatshirt, one of your sweatshirts and me being me, I was excited. Didn't pay attention. Ordered. It got here. It's like, why is this so tight on me? It was a small <laughs> and with no questions asked, they sent me a large I was like, you know, how do I send this one back to you? They're like, just keep it, dude. Like, they're incredible. Mistake. Their customer service is second to none. I cannot yeah. speak highly enough about them. Yeah, they're, you know, I've had to uh, actually on my own and, you know, talk to them a few different times. And again, just very easy to work with, very just carefree. Just it, it's it, it's almost like it just doesn't it's too good to be true. You know, when I have to email them, like, hey, man, I messed up again. Or he's like, I'll send an email, like, yeah. hey, it's me again. <laughs> you know, I'm just waiting for him to say, messed up again. Yep. You know it. You know exactly yep. what I did. Ordered the wrong size again. <laughs> I, I've ordered the wrong size, I want to say, four times now. And, you know, now I know. You know, You're on before. a list now. You're like on a government list from Teespring. <laughs> as soon as they see my name come up, they're like, hold on, don't print uh... anything yet. <laughs> just wait. He's going to message us. Yeah. Just send him the wrong thing on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, he ordered small. It just sent him a large. Like, just sent him a large. I had a teammate. They asked for a small. I was like, mm, I'm not falling for that. I'm going to go ahead and order this medium for you. Because, like, like the small, like, and the thing is, that small sweatshirt, though, it it did kind of fit. It was a little snug. Yeah. But it it did fit. So, but either way, um, you know, that's, you know, it just sounds great, though, with, you know, what you have planned moving forward. So, as, as I've said before, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to all of this because it's good to see a friend set out to do something and then see it come to light but not just that it's something that is multifaceted you know it's like it it does so much for this community that i don't know I, i can't find the words but i just i'm feeling like look this is gonna we're already kind of a a, a community that's relatively tight and I think this helps in that regard too now with us learning and then being able to call back to how we uh broke this down and you know oh like you did this on there you know saying you know okay here let me show you you know how mine went um it's I just had a deep discussion about Colts last uh, um, a couple of days ago and I was talking about how Jiu-jitsu is a cult, but it's not a cult. And <laughs> you know, the more, the line. <laughs> it, it's um, you know, I asked my buddy, I go, hey, what's a cult, but doesn't seem like a cult. He was like, I need to think about this. I was like, don't even worry about it. I got the answer. It's jujitsu. Yeah. Like, I think everything I'm involved with is has like strong ties to cults, but it's not. Collecting action figures, kind of culty. Doesn't seem like it until you get into those communities and start going to the uh, conventions. And it's like, holy yeah. shit, I'm in a cult. But just like, 
with you know the way things are coming along i feel like that this is going to be it's going to be a game changer and i just can't say enough good things about it like listening to you you know explain it and and just kind of give a breakdown and discuss everything i'm like dude i i need i need thousands and thousands of people to hear this episode just i I appreciate that man so much um but go over and mess with nerd rage radio and see if i can get them to like (laughs) hey can you play a snippet for me please um because i didn't realize that like my numbers aren't huge they're they're decent but their numbers are fucking monstrous i was like holy well, their shit. instagram has what three hundred thousand. last time i looked or something crazy like uh yeah i think they're at 300 or four they they're at a lot and yeah. um but apparently the right from the beginning uh episode eight for them had a crazy amount of downloads i was like wow that's they had more downloads on that one episode than i have combined holy moly and I'm just like, holy shit, that's, but Nerd Rage, as I tried to explain to my uh, former teammate who kind of got me started with BJJ Wiki, Nerd Rage Radio, they had at the time 700 Facebook followers, that was 700 strong, who signed up for the patron who listened to the podcast who was consistent versus bjj wiki's facebook that i just inherited had 35 or had twenty i'm sorry i brought fifteen thousand to it they had twenty thousand at the time and i was like do we know who any one of these twenty thousand followers are outside of people from our gym it was like my my point that I was trying to make to him was like, I would much rather have 500 yeah. solid followers than to have 20,000 questionable followers. And that's how Nerd Rage kind of functions. And they just continue to grow. Um, you know, when we have Skull Fest, which is, uh, a, we didn't do it last year because of COVID. And this year, as we're still, you know, kind of reeling from COVID. But when we, when we were doing Skull Fest in the past, you have people coming from London. Um, That's incredible. That's awesome. It's like, it's just crazy to think like we got people coming from across from across the Atlantic ocean to hang out with us for the weekend. You know, it was was this big party. Bobby throws at his house and you know, they're they're just wonderful hosts. Um, And, you know, but that's power of community. You know, that that community, you know, there's nothing but love there. Um, it's a one year anniversary of one of the guys from um, a, a sister group who passed away um, unexpectedly in his sleep. And the outpour of support for the family, his son, his his widow, it, it was beautiful. And he he's a collector and. Uh, people driving up to New York to help, uh, you know, appraise and, and and set up, you know, to, you know, sell the items. So that way this can now go towards the son's college because unfortunately he didn't have life insurance. So, oh, man. you know, there, you know, it, it was just 
you know, a wake up call for a lot of us because we're all in the same age bracket. So we're all like, holy shit, we need to, you know, drop that yeah, 27 yeah, a month. Never know. You know, take care of the future. So, but, you know, when it comes to community, I can't stress enough how important it is, whether it be with the collecting community or the jujitsu community, you know, it's all family and I couldn't be happier to be a part of any of it. So um, thank you, you know, for what you've done with this jujitsu community and just when we've needed a spokesperson and a voice of reason in, in several situations, you've been that guy. So thank you for that because you know, if you leave it up to, you know, we have a lot of big brains and a lot of, you know, big thinkers, but some of us are, are ready to go guns a blazing without, <laughs> without assessing the situation. But again, community is, is strong, is beautiful. And, you know, I can't say enough good things about it. Well, I appreciate it, man. It's, uh, you know, we're a tribe, um, which you were mentioning, um, having 20,000 followers that you didn't know versus 500 that were committed. I think it was Tim Ferriss was talking about uh, the tribe of a thousand and how it's having a thousand people that were like a hundred percent on your side and at your back was way more powerful than having 500,000 people that, or whatever number he used that didn't really know or care. They're just sort of along for the ride and how, you know, if you can get your first 500,000 people that really, truly believe in you, then you've already done more than what a lot of people, you know, that are trying are able to do. It gets weird with BJJ Wiki at times to me because there is a pocket of people that I know I, I communicate with consistently. Um, I want to say it's about 10 that I know consistently I can turn to and say, hey, you know, first off, you know, if I have a question, I know I can turn to, you know, any one of these 10, number one, I can always, I, when I ask somebody, how are you? That is a genuine question for me. Like I genuinely mean that. So I know when I do say that to a lot of people, it kind of comes off weird, but you know, those 10, I know I can go and say, Hey, how are you? And I can get, I feel like I can get like an honest response. Um, but you know, outside of that 10, it starts to get a little muddy. Now that's not to say that, you know, anything 11 and above isn't genuine. It's just, it's more like, okay, you know, we don't talk as much. I would love to talk more, but you know, you know, it's like, you know, this, this 10 that I talk with here. You know, I, I have a little bit more commitment here. Yeah. And then as it starts to grow, now you have to kind of spread yourself more to accommodate. But as long as I know that as I start to spread myself more, as long as it's appreciated versus, you know, it's like I have people that message me asking me to repost stuff. And I don't mind reposting. I love the reposts. I mean, that's how my page grows <laughs> is from reposts. And People, you know, like, dude, thank you so much. You know, it's like, dude, no, thank you. Because yeah. without, you know, I, I'm like, look, I don't know how my page grew. I'm still baffled by it. <laughs> but it did. And 
And maybe maybe it's because I was kind of a pest. Maybe it's just like I was constantly post after post. Because there was a point I used to post 15 times a day. Really? It, yeah, it was a, it was aggressive. It was um, 7.30 in the morning. I would post three. Then I think 10.30, I would post another three. Then 12.30, another three. Then 3.30, another three. Then, um, no, no, no. I think somewhere around it was six o'clock. And then the last one is at 10. And um, White Belt BJJ, I was also running his page, his uh, Facebook page. He was telling me, you're posting too much. Slow down. Facebook's going to, they're going to slow you down. They're going to yeah. stop feeding your uh, your post. I was like, okay, you know, I don't. So I'm going to, I hear you. So he took me off of White Belt BJJ, but he left me on BJJ Wiki. And eventually, I think just BJJ Wiki, I, I think between those two pages, he was like, well, look, you've kind of grown this on your own so here take it type deal um but white belt bjj was his because he was still filtering bjj dating and um something else through that so but once like bjj wiki became my project alone i was like okay i hear you i'm going to drop it down to six posts per day i didn't feel the traction as much i jumped back up to nine i was like nine feels like the sweet spot this seems to work three in the morning, three in the afternoon, three at night. And it's, that seems to have been working ever since. And, and that's when the traction start to really grow to where it's at. So, uh, you know, again, with that being what it is, you know, your page, Johan's page, you know, you two specifically, cause I think I've posted probably you two more than anyone. Um, you know, I can't thank you guys enough. <laughs> like BJJ wiki is because of, you know, you know, Johan and, and Zach. So it's like when there's technique videos, you know, you guys are posting them. And I'm just like, okay, I've got them stashed. I'm going to repost your post from six weeks ago today. So that way they got it six weeks ago. Here's a reminder, just in case you forgot. Um, So it's, it's been uh, an amazing partnership on both ways. You know, I, I, I can't speak for him, but I'm going to and saying, you know, it's much appreciated. Uh, you know, it's, it, you've been a, an incredibly welcoming person within the community, you know, and when you first start an Instagram account and you have like two followers and one of them is yourself from another account, uh, you know, you look at big accounts and you think that they're just like an empire and you think, I, I can't even imagine, I make a post and I get one like and, you know, maybe like a bot makes a comment or something. Oh, yeah. And it's just so hard to for your voice to be heard over the rush. And um, I can't specifically remember the first time you shared, but I do remember like the feeling of like, oh my God, like I told my wife, like this account, BJ Wiki was just shared my post and he has like 25,000 followers or whatever it was at the time. And it was like a pop the champagne. Like, that's incredible. You know, I made it. And, uh, you know, it's just incredible that that things have just kept going and that, you know, we're, we're friends now and those, those walls are down. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just super thankful for everything that you've done. And, and I 
if I can double your size, I will happily do it because, yeah. you know, thank you. Yeah, it, it's like I said, a lot of your posts I've actually learned from as well. So, it, you know, it, it's not just you know, a thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to repost this. Like I told my buddy when we started uh, the new podcast, we were calling it Adios Pantalontes. And I was just not, I was not behind that name. Uh, and, and I explained to him, I was like, look, I will not promote something I don't believe in. And I did not, and it wasn't the, it wasn't a podcast I didn't believe in. It was the name. It yeah. just made no sense. Once we switched it to Colompton Social Club, I was like, "Holy shit, I'm in." I'm, I'm which a is a great name, by the way. In. I haven't told you that. Uh, Thank I'd, you. I'd, I'm super jealous of both BJJ Wiki and actually Alpha Mets is also an amazing name. So you seem to have a nose for for that kind of thing. Off the Mets definitely happened uh, accidentally. It, it was a vote. It, it was a vote for it, but. The name that I wanted, I, I don't even remember it anymore. I had a different name that I was sold on. I was like, I'm throwing this name in the hat, and it didn't even make it out of first round. I was like, <laughs> holy shit, that sucks. And then off the mats, and um, a young lady from Germany, she submitted three names. Off the mats was one of them, or basically two out of her three made it to the finals. And I loved both of them. And I was like, I'm okay with either of these. But um, Colompton Social Club, we actually had a rec league basketball team a few years back, and we were called the Colompton Mafia. <laughs> and I told my buddy, we were sitting here texting back and forth one night, and I was like, hey, man, why the fuck have we not thought to use Colompton as our podcast name? He was like, you're right. I'm working on it right now. He texted me at 1 a.m., he sent me over the graphic. It was like Clompton Social Club. I was like, fucking make it happen, dude. I love it. And since then, I'm 10,000% behind it. I'm, I'm resharing it. But but that's, you know, kind of what I'm getting at is, you know, reposting your uh, technique videos always made me feel like, look, I believe in these techniques. I'm practicing them. And if I didn't believe in them, I wouldn't repost them. Yeah. You know. Even if someone has like, you know, something shitty to say like, well, that wouldn't work because of this. I think there was one incident um, a couple years back, maybe someone jumped in and really like got really shitty about one of the posts. And it was it, it was like, dude, relax. And, you know, I went to the point of like looking him up. Yeah, like, I went in <laughs> like because it was about to get really ugly because I was like, like, first off, who the fuck are you? Number one, but number two, like, like what's going on in your life? Because that's where I always go when somebody gets angry. I'm like, what's going on in your life? Do you yeah. do you need to talk? Do you need a hug? And it's not me being condescending. No, that's me being genuine. Like, do you want to talk? Because I'll talk. I, you know, I listen. People are rarely mad about the things that they're mad about. Yeah, you know, it's like, but this dude went in and you know, I looked him up. I was like, oh, he's a who? I was like, you're a black belt. Who the fuck gave you a black belt with that shitty attitude? Like, <laughs> you're not a black belt. You're a shitty human. And, you know, I, you know, I'm just like going through all these internal battles in my mind. You know, but that was the whole thing. Though. It was like, I believe in your post. And I was like, I'm going to fucking fight for it. And, again, not just that. I'm learning from these posts. So, you know, and maybe not everybody's going to learn from what I'm learning from. 
but I'm going to share and let you let, let people know. Like, look, I found this cool video. I like it. I hope you guys like it. Then with Johan, you know, him posting a lot of Williamsgard posts. Um, that's, you know, that, that's that been something floating around my gym because of him. Yeah. It, me reposting those. I got teammates constantly just working. I was like, don't, don't do that to me. I posted this this morning. <laughs> don't do this to me. You're being an asshole. Um, so you guys have definitely been a huge contribution to BJJ Wiki and just you know the growth the community in itself um and you know i look at the stats when i see the follows what posts have got me the most follows like there are a lot of bjj for the culture a lot of her posts have got me a lot of follows your posts have got me a lot of follows johans have got me a lot of follows and i'm just like you know what that's again you know appreciate it it's like i said the community you know they see something like okay if you know your um your uh algorithm that's the word i think uh you know if it's not catching and people aren't seeing it there and then i repost it like all right so here's an extra you know eight people that saw it differently okay cool as long as it's being seen and fed to the community that's all i care about because i love jujitsu and i want to give back as much as i can and hopefully soon like now that i'm messing with tiktok i'll start making my own actual videos like i have some i think i posted two of my own videos on tiktok just kind of messing with it's like okay i threw one of me getting um arm bar triangle and omoplata and then i put up one of me uh spitefully sweeping my teammate because i was mad at him like i swept them all all three of these sweeps happened in one roll and then he pissed me off, so I posted them to Instagram. Nice. And then I sent them to him. It was like, you know, because well, when we were doing no gi, he was just slamming me around, and I just had no answer. So I went home, and I was like, okay, you want to fucking embarrass me? I got you. And I sent it got to him you. first. <laughs> and then I posted the Instagram, said, welcome to the world. So, um, but I'm going to start you know, now kind of looking into, like, let me, you know, put some of my own things out here, because I'm competent enough to actually drill a technique and, and show it. And I've actually, by uh, my last guest on a podcast, uh, Christina uh, Calderon, whenever I train on Sundays, I drill the technique with uh, my friend. And then I send them to her because she just got promoted to Blue Belt. So she was a white. It was like, here, you know, we worked on this. Da, da, da. She was like, oh, cool. You know, these techniques are really cool. You know, I'm going to work on these. Uh, like, that was like, oh, okay, cool. Like someone says something nice, confidence. Yeah. All right. So now I'm like, okay, well, I do have quite a few things where I can start actually just post my own shit, but I like posting other people's shit. So there's that. A good mix of it then. I'm, I absolutely love seeing when you put out some original stuff, man. Thank you. Like I, I'm always weird about it because I just, it like when I look at it, I'm like, I think this might work. And then I'll look at it more. And I'm like, Hmm, maybe not. And then um, the one post I put up, Tony, she and I were just talking back and forth. She's like, "Dude, make that a meme." I was like, "Are you sure?" She was like, "Yeah, just do it. That that that's jujitsu. That's us. That makes sense." I was like, "Okay, I guess." And then I posted it, and it got a lot of reshares. I was like, "Holy shit, they like me. They really, really like me." Um, 
people are always but, really concerned about being you know funny or being epic and yeah and it's i don't know how many people in the world train jujitsu but it's you know well over a million uh yeah. well over a million and the majority of those people aren't especially funny and aren't especially epic and you don't have to be one of those to to resonate with someone to connect with people and that's the biggest thing i've learned from my account is you know i'm not i'm not standing on the podium showing my medals i am like bearing my soul you know i'm trying to connect with yeah. people through uh through my memes which which are i mean i guess they're funny but like i don't when i'm making them the thought process in my mind is not oh people are going to think this is funny it's like oh this is something that i've experienced and i think other people have experienced this and i think yeah. they'll appreciate that and then this weird thing in human nature is when you see something that you recognize, it makes you want to laugh. My stuff, if you really take a step back, is not very funny. It really isn't. But what it is, is it's a true representation of my experience. And it's a true representation of other people's experience. And that connection there is what drives people and it resonates. And you don't have to be like insane uh, at jujitsu and you don't have to be, you know, anything crazy to really just be appreciated you know at that's the one point um that you just made there's like ultimately it's relatable when i see a meme i laugh because it's like especially when the the kids class memes are just (laughs) they're hilariously relatable for me because like those are the things I think is like, uh-huh, teaching these kids wrist locks today. Yep. <laughs> like, I'll get in and it's like, mm-hmm, what's that? Oh, come here. You're going to be the Uki today. Yep. Guess what? You're going to heel hooked. <laughs> it's like, one of my kids tried to, um, when he was doing his belt test a couple years back, he tried to do a Peruvian necktie on me. And I've never forgiven him for it. <laughs> and any time that we did King of the Hill a few weeks back, because uh, we were doing takedowns, and I squared up with him, and he yeah, was he sixteen? No, no, he's fifteen, I believe. But he he's a big enough kid. And I looked at him, and was like, "He tapped hands, no mercy." Because I'm not gonna ever forget. He hit me with an overhand right, like because we do uh, the boy tie belt testing and everything yeah. too. Hit me with an overhand right, and it it didn't really like, you know, really really rock me, but. I was stunned, you know, so I just continued to go down. I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and go down. You know, we're going to work from the ground. As I hit the ground, I kind of turtled up and he, he dove on it. And, you know, he reaches around, threw the one leg over, the timer went off. <laughs> and I looked at him, I looked at my coach. I was like, did you just see that? He was like, what? I was like, oh my God, you didn't see, he just tried to prove it next time. He was like, what? And you know, he's like, he's definitely getting his belt now. It's like, yeah. I was like, no, 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 don't celebrate this. <laughs> like, this is disrespectful. I'm, I'm like, out of the gym. What is this? <laughs> like, I'm worried now because I know he's he's been watching YouTube videos on hill hooks. Uh-huh. He he's hunting for me, so now I got to get him before he gets me. Yeah, get your butt in. But um, but no, those kids class memes definitely relate ten thousand percent. Um. Just all the memes. Anything that I reshare is usually because it's relatable to some point in my life where I'm like, yep, I know what that feels like. Um, all right. It is getting 
pretty late um, on both our ends. So let's go ahead and uh, wrap up here. Uh, Zach, again, as usual, thank you for doing this with me. This has Anytime, been man. I love it. This has been an all over the place podcast, and those are my favorite kind. <laughs> so thank you for uh, being a guest on uh, for another episode of Off the Mats. And uh, any shout outs or mentions you want to throw out there? Always. Uh, so I already shouted out Bishop Chronicles. Um, absolutely a podcast worth listening to, especially if you. Uh, are into a variety of interesting topics. West Coast hip hop is is a major theme of it, but chess, jujitsu, meditation, poetry, just super interesting. Um, another of my um, favorite accounts that I follow, uh, Elshig at E L S H I G. Uh, her name is Shiggy. She's a, um, I guess, a sound engineer over in in England. Ooh, and I'm sorry. Not to cut you off there. Thank you for connecting me with her because on two of my earlier episodes, I didn't know how to convert the video. Yeah. She saved my life on that because she's incredible. I, I had no clue and she got me the proper links. So thank you. Yeah. So she's actually dropping a project pretty soon. Um, I, I still need to sign up for it. I'm going to do it. But she's doing a, uh, she's starting a course on how to find your digital voice. Um, and it's going to be, uh, there's, she's trying to get a starter group together, um, and, and help people find the confidence and techniques of, you know, speaking on the internet basically. Um, but she's putting together like a, a larger course. And so it's sort of like beta testing that, you know, so, uh, I'm going to do it. Um, I think it's going to be very, very interesting and, and a great value. Um, but she is uh, incredible. Um, I love all of her content. She's very vulnerable, very well-spoken. Um, you know, like she doesn't, I'm, I say like, um, a lot. She doesn't, you know, she just, it rolls off, off the tongue and uh, everything she says is, is fantastic. So I, I, I love her point of view. Um, there's the, the usual accounts that I, I can't not shout out. Um, so Jits Bitch, being, being in the circle, she's incredible. Um, somebody that really cares about the community and does way more than her lion's share of, of helping people. Um, she, I'm super happy to have uh, come in contact with her. Um, McDojo Live, he's got some big stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, I'm very, very excited about some of the things that he's going to be doing soon. Uh, and I'm very excited for the good that he does in the world, you know, calling people out for sharing bad martial arts. And um, he's another person that I'm very happy is is in the community and is it not just in the community, but a champion for it. Um, he's fearless calling people out. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then um, you already mentioned, you know, BJ for the culture. Uh, I don't think we mentioned El Matador, but another one that's uh great in the community and then uh horseplay jujitsu another one you know we have kind of our meme group that banter back and forth and and everyone there is incredible um and then i'm sure that i could probably go on forever and ever but um galit cooper is somebody else that i don't think i've mentioned before she used to run the um, bjj girl gang instagram and she didn't have time and she just converted that account to her personal account but she is somebody that's been incredibly influential uh, for me on, on the Instagram side of things since 
almost day one, um, probably around the time that you shared your first post was around this of mine uh, was around the same time that she contacted me and asked if I wanted some free branding advice. And we had a phone call and she just sat down and, and brain dumped on me. And it was the things that she said, uh, it was like hearing Dana her speak for the first time, you know, like, like I'd never thought of Instagram as being something tactical as being something uh, with a larger frame of reference. Um, and, and it really like started me down the path of, you know, what am I doing? And my words matter. And how do I make sure that my words are on brand always? How do I make sure that people know what my voice and not just know my voice, but, you know, can expect me to be consistent with it, that I'm not all over the place. And uh, she's, she's a really great soul. She's somebody that I, I really respect and, and appreciate. And um, I've never really given her a shout out, even though she deserves like way, way more uh, than I've given her back. You know what I mean? So and then Johan, uh, and then, of course, uh, the man himself, Dante. Oh. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, you. You stole my shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, thank you. And um, one other thing I was thinking about while with you and, you know, as I was kind of thinking about music and relating and connecting us all, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, most people are familiar with House of Pain, uh, Jump Around, uh, Everlast being, you know, the lead to the group mm -hmm. and, um, how he transformed from Everlast of House of Pain to Everlast doing Whitey Ford Sings the Blues and then, you know, and so just, just the title of that song gives me goosebumps. I mean, that is a powerful yeah. Anyway, go ahead. He, uh, one thing that um, his producer Dante Ross uh, made a point of with him, and I connect this to you um, with just um, student of BJJ now champions keep score, um, you know, and and Brandon and kind of you know tra transforming, um, but basically what Dante Ross was saying to Everlast is. You have to change yourself up. You have to change up your brand. Um, you know, whether it be, you know, you do House of Pain, and, you know, you're walking around with, the, you know, uh, you know, the Boston Celtics jerseys on and and you're, you know, uh, claiming I Ireland. They're not Irish at all. He's not Irish at all. <laughs> but they ran with it and people got behind them. So it was a smart move. Then he went and switched his whole musical style up to kind of a folk uh, kind of rock country type yeah. style. And then he came back with, um, you know, kind of in that same style for his next couple albums. Then he went back to hip hop with La Coca Nostra. Uh, so basically what I'm getting at is, you know, I see that changing of style with you as well. As you know, you see that growth, that, that, that character development, you know, you're coming from, you know, one thing here where you came into this, you know, just, you know, sharing your knowledge and, and, you know, you know, sharing what you have the show for people to learn. And, you know, you're still in that same pocket, but now you've taken it to another level of helping people understand how they're learning. And, you know, again, I can't thank you enough for just being that individual and, 
and and sharing your your wisdom and and again being a voice for our community like i said when we're in those groups and and we're all going crazy and we're you know ready to go to war and you're like hold on sit the fuck down and think like let's be reasonable and, and you know you you and rob are, are the two voices of reason while we're all like <laughs> burn it down so um I think I may have also said burn it down, but just maybe after thinking about it to make sure that was the right thing to do. So there was <laughs> one point where you did go there. I was like, no, not you. But it was like, but I think he's already done kind of the thinking part. I was like, okay, last resort, now burn it down. It's like, okay. Yeah, it, I, it, I'm very slow to anger, but when it gets there, it's uh, there's a reason for it. Um, well, it, it, at least, you know, there's a work through for it, but thank you. Um, and Thank you to everybody who's been listening to the podcast. I, you know, appreciate you greatly. We cannot thank you enough. Uh, I'm I'm coming up on one year, uh, pretty close to it. And like I've said a few times recently, in the beginning, I was scared that I couldn't keep guests on here, and now I can't even keep up with the guests. It, it's you know, it's phenomenal. So I thank you all who are you know supporting this podcast. Um, it's just, it's amazing. So thank you. A uh, huge shout out to my guest today, Zach, over at Student BJJ. Um, I shout you out on every episode, dude. <laughs> um, so this this is like just business as usual. Um, you know, shout out to, uh, you know, Champions Keep Score, which is also Zach's um, new project. Be on the lookout for uh, further details coming up on that. Big shout out to Nerd Rage Radio. I cannot stress enough how much these dudes mean to me and how much they've helped me. Um, also, if you're not subscribed, please go do so. Go go get on board. They're, they're put it. together a lot of fun stuff. And um, leave a comment. Leave a review. Do it on iTunes. It really helps them out. You know, BJJ Mama is another one. Big shout out. Uh, she's going to be my next guest upcoming. So, um you know, be on the lookout for details there. And um, if you look for some positivity and motivation, go to her page. She's got it for you. Plenty of it. Yeah. So thank you. Otherwise, you all keep listening to this podcast and I'm going to keep on making it. Thank you so much, y'all. Goodbye. Let me see his song.